0: Banzai everyone, hey y'all and welcome back to the dojo, come on in, welcome back y'all to the Never Dies podcast, and that's right, Cobra Kai Never Dies around here, it is season two, episode eight tonight, and I'm your host Karate Kip, and I got my co-host Cobra Cole in the dojo as well. Welcome back. Welcome back, y'all. And we are ready to talk about some karate tonight. And how are you doing tonight, Cole?
1: Pretty good, man. How about yourself?
0: Man, I'm doing great. I am super excited as always. This is a heck of an episode. It's a
1: juicy episode.
0: Juicy, juicy teen drama. And I'm ready to get into it because we got the hello to the listeners... Hello, fellow Cobras, and my fellow Miyagi-dos. We are back. Some more Never Dies, y'all.
1: miyagi a bunch of nerds.
0: <laughs> there we go. Here we go. <laughs> all right, guys. And yes, this show is all about the two most important things in life. And those things are karate and teen drama. And we have so much teen drama tonight, you guys. Beard and babes? Here, no. babes again, right? Classic Cole, man. <laughs> classic so this one is... is
1: classic Johnny. It's all Johnny right there,
0: <laughs> right? And this one is the most teen dramiest one of all yet. So, did you like this episode, Cole?
1: You know, it's a mushy episode, but it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's got some relationship stuff happening, but it was a good one. And just to let you all know, I do have my Cobra Kai shirt on. Thank you, Cole.
1: I am once again wearing my Cobra Kai three-piece suit.
0: Yes, yes. Super <laughs> dapper. The more
1: I talk about the suit, the more I'm actually have to get one made.
0: We're going to have to do it, man. We're going to have to do it. <laughs> and y'all, I do have my standard two cups of coffee. And I'm ready if you are, Cole. Are you ready as well? Yes. Me too. And as always, guys, that brings us to our opening segment. And that is Cobra Business. So, Cole, do you have any Cobra Business tonight?
1: Uh, I don't think so. We still have stickers. We still doing that?
0: Oh, I have so many stickers, you guys. So many stickers. So Nice. Yeah, speaking of, we'd love to hear from you guys.
1: Man, they're cool stickers, too. They're cool. They're really cool. They
0: are cool. I'll even let you pick out the ones you want. And, yes, our email, you guys, is NeverDiesPodcast at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram now, too. Getting into the future of the 21st century now. Send it to the internet. Send it to the internet, you guys. Put a hash brown on it, dude.
1: And then send it to the internet!
0: And we are at NeverDiesPodcast on Instagram. Hash brown never dies. That's right, Hash Brown. For sure, you guys. <laughs> but y'all, we do have... I do have some other business tonight. And I have some good news. I have some good news to pass along, you guys. And Y'all may have heard it already, but the Riders' strike is over. Yay. Did you hear about that, Nicole? No. Oh, yes, it's over. And there was some concessions made to the Riders. And you know they deserve it so that's a good thing the actors are still on strike though but that does bode well for their strike as well and hopefully we can get cobra kai season six back in production so that's some good news
1: i mean cobra kai never dies so it's got to go right
0: Oh, you guys! Even if we don't get season six, I'll write out I'll write out the whole thing for us, dude. So don't worry, we're gonna I get mean, an ending.
1: <laughs> even if uh, even if those writers can't finish the show, we can just use ChatGPT GPT and, and finish it out, right?
0: Hey, there it is, right? Twenty second century now.
1: This <laughs> is the whole whole reason they're on strike in the first place,
0: <laughs> right? Stealing some ideas. And the other thing I was gonna talk about is there's a slight correction. On, we were talking about Karate Kid 3, and I said that Terry Silver was played by Thomas Ian Griffin, but it's Griffith. And I I, I knew that. I just didn't have my notes right in front of me. I, I, I didn't have his name in the notes. So I wanted to get it right because he does a really, really good job as Terry Silver, and I love that character. So I just wanted to fix that.
1: Slimy Slytherin Terry <laughs> Silver. He's definitely a snake.
0: Oh, yes. He's one of the king Cobras. That's right. But if you don't have anything else there, Cole, I think we can call an end to the Cobra business.
1: Business meeting adjourned.
0: (laughs) Adjourned. (laughs) So, guys, normally we would move into the recap cap cap, but we have a lot of things happening in the Cobra Kai Dojo lately. And I think to talk about all of it, you know, we should head on down to the old Kip's corner. That's right. Gather around, kiddos. It's time for Uncle Kip to drop some knowledge on you. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. So, Cole, I gave you a little bit of homework over the break. And I asked you to think about a question. Such
1: a Miyagi-Do thing to do.
0: (laughs) Yes. yes, Meditate on this.
1: No, giving people homework.
0: And homework. (laughs) That is the homework. I'm I'm joking. (laughs) So, yes, Cole, your homework was... I wanted to talk about some stuff because we have seen Johnny try and bring honor back into cobra kai team johnny team johnny and it got me thinking and i asked you to think about a question and i just wanted to get a small discussion going on here so i wanted to ask you cole what does honor mean to you
1: Ooh, well it's about maintaining uh, your integrity you know make it's about having uh making smart decisions when you're, you're when you need to uh having a moral code and uh just like no one not when to take some things too far uh have some mutual respect for the or try to have you know at least the same amount of respect that a person has for you you know it's respect is reciprocal i, I feel that way anyway and, you know also like not to fight dirty or do things that are shady or or as i call it, greasy you know <laughs> not to do greasy things man you know, like uh. There's, there's there's certain lines you just don't cross, and if you have any sort of moral compass, you should know better than not to cross those lines. Like, for instance, if you're if you have a beef with someone, and you know maybe you guys even agree to to, to mutual combat, that's okay. But you know you should never attack a person's family. You should never attack them at their job. You know, that's 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 the honorable thing, you know. Like if you just you know do it do it in a place where it's it's agreed upon. It's not just fighting either. It's in life, you know, just always trying to be better, a better person pretty much. And don't let that get to your head. Also, that doesn't mean like, you know, you have to think you're better than everybody. It means just try Mm -hmm. to be, try to be uh, better, I guess. You know what I mean? I guess it's all about maintaining a, like I said, integrity and, and, and and keeping a certain level of honesty and being true to yourself. Also don't take low blows.
0: Yes, hey Cole, that was really w- well said there. Uh, you spelled out uh honor in a very good way with some really good points there. I really like there's how you so said it. There's so much
1: more to it also that I can't put into words, I guess. You know what I mean? It's really honor's uh just a kind of it's just a mentality, you know what I mean? It's that and I feel like even in today's world there's not a whole lot of it left anymore.
0: Oh no. It seems no, like a lot right. of people
1: are too 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 self-absorbed. And uh they don't show honor. And some people might even argue that there's no honor in, in, in war or whatever, you know.
0: But, you know,
1: I don't know. It's all about using correct judgment.
0: Yes, it's, it's a tough one to pin down. So that's why I thought it was interesting to talk about it. But, yeah, I really liked how you said about no low blows and being, like, fair. Like, that is totally honorable. I think that's can't be denied. So I like that. And yeah, having an integrity. yourself. I thought that was a really good idea.
1: Yeah. Don't don't kick someone when they're down even. And it's not not just like physically. I mean, like, yeah, when someone's, you know, at their lowest point, don't don't push them too far. I mean, it's just no one is know your limits. What does it mean to you?
0: Well, Cole, I'm glad you asked me that because I do have a little thing here. I it's it's an interesting concept and it's hard to pin down so yeah to, to, to me and it's a big part of this show which is why we're talking about it and to me you guys honor means doing the right thing in every situation even if somebody's not watching okay so and i thought about that yeah. a lot and that's kind of what i came up with to try to boil it down to one sentence but, but what the right thing is, though, that can be harder to define. not always clear. Yeah, yes. definitely. So I went a little deeper, y'all. And we're in Kip's Corner. We went a little deeper. And so Webster's definition of honor is an adherence to what is right or to a conventional standard of conduct. And I think that's what she said exactly. Yeah. And so it's the term like what is right and then standard of conduct I'd like to drill down on real quick. And so first, what is right, you guys? What is right? Hopefully we've been taught in our lives what is right and what is wrong from our parents or caregivers, you know, your friends, education, some type of organization, religion or spirituality. There's a lot to it. And I think that there's definitely some gray areas where like what is right and what is wrong can be argued about. But I think most people know the difference between what is right and what is wrong in most situations. I also believe that a person can just feel it deep down, you guys. Something they're doing is right or wrong. You can feel it most of the the time, not all the time. And it doesn't work for 100% of situations, but for most. But there's a distinction because just knowing or feeling what is right is different than actually doing what is right. You can, for example, you can just you can know what you're doing is wrong and still do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, we could probably have a whole episode just talking about honor.
0: <laughs> we could. <laughs> and y'all, this is—we're gonna drop some knowledge on it. It's never yeah. dies, y'all. This is what you're gonna get, and, and please get a discussion going. We want to hear what y'all think too.
1: Because before you asked me that question, I, I never really thought about how hard it is to define honor. But it kind of is in a way. You know, it's hard to define what honor actually is. Yeah, it's just mainly just trying to keep, um, just trying to stay morally centered. I guess it's kind of what it boils down to. I would
0: think. That's well said. And yeah, you're right. There's not a lot of honor left in the world. So I think it's a good thing to talk about. So the standard of conduct part of the definition, if knowing what is right and what is wrong is the mental aspect, then the standard of conduct is the physical aspect or the active aspect. Okay, you guys. So for, like, for example, you know what you're doing will be hard or you may be punished for it. But if it's the right thing to do, you adhere to your standard of conduct and you, and you do what you feel is right, regardless of what happened. You got to hold yourself accountable like in, by, and abide by some rules that you give yourself. Or that it, it can come from your family and friends and the same thing I said up earlier. Or even, even just deep down inside yourself, you can get that standard of conduct. So to apply that to real life situations is tough, you guys, because Johnny is going to say in this episode, he's going to say life is not black and white, and more often than not, it's gray.
1: 100%. And this show really uh, encapsulates that, I guess. And this show is this, this what that is all about.
0: That's what it's all about. That's exactly why I wanted to talk about this. Cole. And I'm glad and I appreciate you putting some time into your answer because it is, it's a big part of this show and it's a big part of Johnny's character development. This is what he's trying to bring into Cobra Kai. So what exactly is it that he's trying to bring in? I'm trying to pin it down. So in terms of martial arts, there's a lot of honor. There's honoring your sensei, your fellow students, your dojo, the referee. And it's also very important you honor your opponent. And to show honor in martial arts is great, and it, it should be commended. But what about in a life-and-death situation, right? Like war. In the last episode, you guys, Kree said that in war, the other side never fights with any honor. And I think that what he was trying to say is that if you're strictly honorable in a war, like, a, like in Vietnam, if you're walking around and being super honorable, you, you might not survive very long. People might say you were honorable after the fact, but you lost your, your life. And in a war, like Chris said, if you die, you lose in a way. So in war or in life in death situations, the side that fights with honor is not always the side that wins either. And I would say yeah. more up, yeah, more often than not, it's the other way around. I agree. hmm That's where it gets tricky, y'all. So when it came to the power struggle between Johnny and Kreese at the end of the last episode, I think that they were both right in in their own way, kind of. And that's what makes things like honor and and the tenet of no mercy so tricky. Johnny isn't ditching the no mercy tenet altogether. He's, He's trying to add honor to it. But increases no mercy tenant. There's no room for honor. It's all about winning and losing. That's it. When we saw that in Coyote Creek.
1: It doesn't work.
0: Well, okay. So it depends on the situation potentially.
1: Yeah, I guess you're right.
0: Like in war. So to wrap things up, I believe that with honor, you can listen to who told you what is right and what is wrong. And you can listen to your standard of conduct. But because it's highly situational, ultimately you have to look inside and decide for yourself what is honorable. And that's what makes it so hard to define, in my opinion. That's what makes it so hard to define. Now I'd like to end Kip's Corner by having one more question for you, Cole. It's kind of a trick question here, but... Do you think it is better to lose with honor or to win dishonorably?
2: It's better to lose with honor.
0: Okay, there it is, y'all. There it is. <laughs> it's a tough question. I I would say I have a different answer. This is okay because that's what the discussion is all about. But my answer to that question and i'm sorry i put you on the spot i should have sent that i should have sent that forward uh, earlier but my answer to that question thinking about it a little bit was it depends on how much winning and losing means to you in that situation it's what you're willing to live with or to die with it could be a situation for a trophy at a karate tournament or it could be for your life as in war. So I, th- I just think it's super interesting. And, and that's kind of why I wanted to dive into it. Yes, because you could lose with honor. You could lose the war. Al- although you're, st- you're still honorable. So it's interesting. And I appreciate your answers there, Cole. So do you have anything else you wanted to say about honor?
1: No, I mean, there's probably a lot more we could say about it.
0: Hey, and we will.
1: It's, it's a, I never thought about it as being such a hard thing to define, but it kind of is. You know, like you said, there's, too much, there's a lot of gray area in there.
0: There's a lot of gray area, and it's, and it's highly situational, and, and there's different opinions about what is honorable. So, and we can definitely talk about it more in the future. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff in the future, you guys. But if, if that's all you have to say on that for now... I'd like to thank you for your answer again. And I think this can end this edition of Kip's Corner. And goodbye, everyone. Okay, welcome back. And y'all, everybody knows what is after that. And that is the recap. It's an echo of the last episode. And if y'all remember, the last episode was titled "Lull." It was a fun one, y'all. It was action-packed. If you remember, it started off with Amanda. She was waking up alone and calling Daniel. Find out he was already at the dojo, even though they had that super important meeting with Anoush. Creese was already at the dojo, too. And he told Daniel that the war was not going to end. He told the students to be ready, because theirs will be. That was the official start of the war, I feel like. And then Sam was also feeling more in touch with their feelings after hanging out and talking with Moon. And then Johnny came back from Tommy's funeral. To find that Creese had rearranged the Cobra Kai office and caught up on a bunch of paperwork and bills
1: smeared his grease all over
0: it. <laughs> He's super important. That's super important, but yeah, all the, and grease, too. And then grease, uh, and, then grease, <laughs> and then grease kind of put Johnny in a tough spot when he told the kids about Coyote Creek, got their hopes up, and he finally relented. Y'all remember. And because of, there was a heat wave on, Daniel had the miyagi Dose train in the Art of Soshu Gecko, and then in the freezer with the art of con gecko just like you said Cole and it seemed to work and even Dimitri started doing well but during all that stuff Daniel had forgot about Amanda and the meeting with Anoush so Anoush quit and went to Tom Cole y'all and while that was happening the Cobra Kaiser were out at Coyote Creek and they had that red versus black headband war game thing Yeah where Miguel found out that it was Hawk that trashed into miyagi Dojo. And Miguel took Hawk's headband and the medal. Hawk's a punk. (laughs) Hawk's a punk sometimes, that's right. (laughs) That was really, really bad, but he did. Uh, But yeah. um, No honor. No honor, right? Yeah, exactly. So Miguel was standing there with the headband, and then Stingray popped up. And he won the game by taking Miguel's (laughs) headband. And y'all... I wanted to stop and talk about this real quick. I want to talk about Stingray's strategy. (laughs) Okay. So we didn't see it, but Johnny or Creece must have had the kids like, you know, like name a spot where they could meet up when they're, you know, dead from the game, right? They all have to meet up somewhere. And we didn't get to see it, but the kids split up. And I bet you when they did, Stingray decided to like just double back to that spot. And he buried, he buried himself in the leaves, and he was just waiting till everybody lost their headband. And then the winner would show up, and then he would just pop out and win the games. He was so smart, <laughs> actually. And I was going to say that's definitely within the rules because there were no rules. Yeah. I mean,
1: he was a uh, – didn't uh, did he learn that about a snake lying in wait?
0: Yeah, the brumation. <laughs> yeah, brumation. There we
1: go. That's the word I'm looking for, brumation.
0: Yeah. He was,
1: he was uh, practicing the art of brumation.
0: Oh, man. And it worked. And I was just going to talk again real quick. It's hilarious and everything. But now that we've talked about honor, do you think that Stingray won that game with honor?
2: Hmm.
1: It's a good question. I don't know if uh, what he did was necessarily dishonorable. I don't think he uh, you know, there was no rules in that one. So I don't know. He didn't fight dirty. He just popped up out of the leaves, <laughs> captured his headband. And uh, I guess, you know, you got to be aware of your surroundings. I wouldn't say it was dishonorable, but it was maybe, maybe it was a little bit, uh, just, you know, it, it, it was uh, definitely uh, unconventional.
0: Oh, yeah. Unconventional. Good word. What would you say if I if I said I, I thought it, it wasn't fair what he did? Okay, because he didn't give the other person a chance to like defend himself.
1: I don't know, and I mean, it depends. Like, it, I guess, like you said, sometimes honor depends on the rules, of the, you know, of the of the situation.
0: And there were no rules in that, so I would have to say that he won it dishonorably. I would say because he. Because he didn't, it wasn't a fair fight. You know, if you go to like like honor and dueling and stuff, they're all about making it like as fair as possible. True. He was like a mine in a in a war. Okay, is a mine honorable? I don't know. I would say it's not honorable, dude. <laughs> uh, but but it can be debated, and we will talk about it. It's definitely not chivalrous in the ways of like, knighthood and stuff, that's for sure.
1: Compared to other things that happened during a war, I think that mines are not really all that dishonorable.
0: Oh yeah, compared to other stuff, you're right about that. So it's good because it can be discussed and we will keep discussing it. And I was going to say that it didn't really matter in the rules of the game because it was all about winning and losing.
1: Depends on where you place the mines.
0: Depends on where you play. Yeah, well yeah, there's, it's all situational. And we'll talk about it more. And yes, yeah, Stingray was like a mine. It was funny. So, but it, he he got it. So back to the recap. Cap uh, during the game, Johnny was able to catch on to the fact that Kreese had been re- re-implementing the no mercy teaching into Cobra Kai. And he decided to confront Crease about it finally. And later that night, y'all y'all remember Sam and Robbie finally had their first kiss. At the LaRusso Ooh. episode. There's going
1: to be a lot of woos in this episode. It's There's going to be
0: up. so many woos, y'all. Get ready. And shortly thereafter, Miguel knocked on the door to give back the medal that he got from Hawk. And he wanted to apologize to Sam for everything. And he, and he biked there. I, I have to add that. He biked all the way there to do that. So it's amazing. Uh, but it was Robbie who answered the door, y'all. And in a split-second decision, Robbie lied about who was at the door, and he pocketed the medal, and he did not tell Sam about the apology. So, teen drama.
2: Was that honorable? No, because he was lying. Yep.
0: But you can see why he did it. So, Daniel had arrived at the LaRusso Auto too late for the meeting. And when he started to apologize to Amanda and promise that he would be at the dealership more, Amanda told him that it wasn't about the dealership and it was about them. And he had been neglecting her the whole summer, which was true. By the way, guys, she was not out of line at all with that stuff.
1: I guess it was a, a cruel summer for Amanda. <laughs>
0: Spinnacle's are a nice one. Points. So she was not out of line, in my opinion. And although she was skeptical about Daniel reopening the dojo, she had been okay with things. And she was like even encouraging him a little bit, you know. But it was Daniel that did not have the balance. And I feel for Daniel. But in the last scene... Johnny confronted Kreese about the no mercy teachings, and the power struggle finally came to a head when Kreese told Johnny that he was the one that made Cobra Kai, and then Johnny kicked him out. and He said he never wanted to see Kreese at the dojo again. and I think I feel like that's the that's the worst thing you could ever tell somebody in the dojo. I never want to see you again, y'all. It was crazy. He left, and that is also where we left it, you guys.
1: And you know, Kreese isn't just going like, to go away like that.
0: We have not seen the end of him. It was a super crazy ending. And did you have anything to add to that recap before we move on, Cole? I don't think so. All right. Glad to see Crease go. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. A lot of less Kreese around here. Okay, so that was last week's episode, you guys. But tonight is all about this one. Tonight's episode, you guys, is season two, episode eight, and it was directed by Jennifer Kulata or Salata, and if you remember, she directed the last episode, too, so they seem to use her for more, like, fun and action-packed episodes. She did great. This one, guys, was titled The Glory of Love. And Cole, you know what's coming. Why do you think they titled this episode The Glory of Love?
1: Man, uh, I wish they could have used Power of Love, but I guess that's already been used by, you know, Marty, Marty McFly. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. they couldn't use it for, uh, for the Karate power Kid. of love. But, you know, we got Glory of Love, and it's because this episode's all about building relationships.
0: Oh, yes and there is also a little bit of a callback to you guys and peter satara sang the song glory of love and that's from karate kid too if you remember oh i think so that's right but yeah the glory it's it's when him and kumiko are running around to the castle and everything yes yeah So Peter Satera sang that song, and he's the singer of Chicago, and we'll actually hear him later again. So, yeah, I think it's about the relationships. I think it's a callback also to the Karate Kid 2.
1: Definitely. I love how they do that with all that. With, yeah, with the, uh, with the titles. I love that.
0: It was a great song.
2: So you guys, if you're already...
0: That brings us To the opening scene And we are at the Reseda Heights Johnny He's walking out of his apartment you guys Over to Miguel's And he knocked on the door And it was answered by Carmen She said she was going to go Get Miguel but Johnny said he's not there For Miguel And then he walked in And him and Carmen started making out Woo oh wait is this wait wait is this real true are we in johnny's dream cole it
1: may just be a dream
0: it may just be a dream okay in your dreams yes because the lights they automatically dimmed colored lights appeared in the room and the white snake song here i go again <laughs> began to play And we are in some sort of '80s glam metal music video now. <laughs> we even got a montage of what happened in Johnny's dream, and you guys know that we love the montages. So the scene faded into a camera shot that panned up from Carmen's legs. That was so funny. Yeah, and she was in that great like crop top sweatshirt, it's, like hanging off her shoulders. Did you see that? Yeah, man, it was totally, like, totally 80s. It was just, like, an 80s music video. So funny. She had Even like, It
1: was, like, a cross between a music video and, like, a like a beer ad or something.
0: <laughs> totally. That's exactly like right. Be-
1: like, an 80s beer commercial.
0: Oh, my gosh, yes. There was definitely beer in his dreams, you know. <laughs> we had a shot of Carmen being, like, she was, like, some sort of sexy sensei. walking around johnny and he's like the student now did you notice he was wearing the white black you know the students wear the white so we we cut to them making out again of course and he was like motorboating her so yeah this is totally his dream (laughs) and then he cut back to the sexy sensei and they were sparring and locking arms and looking into each other's eyes kind of like sam and robbie the other day And even the camera transitions were from the eighties music video. They had like, it was like fades and diamond transitions and like it split her into three. Oh yeah. And here comes the beer. She was opening up a course banquet wearing some kind of like lacy top and, and what Johnny's dream would not include a little course banquet. So the chorus hit and we had the sexy sensei and she slammed up against the wall. And then they were about to kiss, but she rolled them on the ground. And then Carmen was standing; she was she like pouring beer on herself. Dude, it's so funny. Yeah, In, into Johnny's mouth. Oh my gosh, it's all a bonus. I'm you digging
1: guys. it, man. I'm, I'm I mean, that, you know that's that's my fantasy that come true. Also, yeah, I mean, that
0: no, was perfect. It's almost like Adam Sandler's dream.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah.
0: And then I also noticed that uh, she they took off their headbands and she like let her hair down. Definitely eighties trope. And, yeah, they started making it out on the ground more. And first her gi, and then her underwear was thrown over the face of the punching dummy. And that is definitely another 80s trope there. But it wasn't real, y'all. It wasn't real. We cut, we cut to Johnny asleep in his bed. The White Snake song was playing on the alarm clock. And Johnny had a huge smile on his face. So We got the Cobra Kai title screen after that, you guys. And it was in yellow. And it was yellow last time as well. You know if,
1: if, you know what it means if it's in yellow, right?
0: I think it's it'll be an okay episode. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to be an amazing episode when it's yellow, y'all. And, oh, man, what did you think about that opening scene of Johnny's Dream, Cole?
1: Oh, man, I'll it was just like, like you said, just like an old, uh, like an 80s music video for like a... one of those hair metal bands or something you know Mm -hmm. or like I said like a like an 80s beer commercial or something I loved it I mean uh, I love the fact that that Johnny dreams in the 80s also
0: (laughs) he totally did yes
1: he's just stuck there man he's just perpetually stuck in the 80s
0: yeah that's fantastic man like this show is all a bonus and I was smiling the whole time and yeah I bet they had fun making that I bet they had fun making that so, yes, you guys, that was hilarious. He woke
1: up smiling.
0: He woke up smiling. He was dreaming. So that's all you have to say about that. We can head to the next scene, you guys. When we are at the LaRusso household, Daniel's phone was ringing. and He was waking up on the couch. And why, why is he on the couch, Cole?
1: Because he's been banished from the bedroom. It seems <laughs> <Banished>. like, man.
0: <laughs> banished. It's not quite in the doghouse yet, but he's on the couch. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Manda's still upset with him, and rightly so. He was looking like he didn't sleep well, but his, you know, Lucille was there at the house too. She was trying to cook him some breakfast, some bacon and eggs. And then she said, I even got you Minute Maid because I know you hate the fancy stuff. Did you hear that line?
1: Yeah, he still likes the stuff he grew up with.
0: Yes, because the minute maid was on the table during the like black eye scene. You know, she's like, yeah. "Show me your, your your baby browns." Yep, and that was some product placement. And apparently, there was some drama with the product placement. And uh, yeah, he, um, Ralph Macchio did not want to have the product placement in that scene. So I didn't know just, that yeah yep yeah. and then he fought against it, and they made him do it, and then he there's he's holding a sprite can and he was like holding his hand over the sprite thing, and they told him to like move it, and he did it like just just barely so he was against it uh during the Karate Kid one filming and everything back then uh, so it's funny that they bring it back now the minute made he he even had to say it he. She said, what's wrong with you? He said, I'm on Minute Maid. Uh-huh. And, like, made him say it, so.
2: Come on, my. Pick so him sunny. up. I want to see your baby browns. Come on. Come on with the baby browns. Are you right? on something? Yeah, I'm on Minute Maid. That's Why it. are you hiding your eyes?
0: That's an interesting thing about Hardy Kid 1, and they brought it back here.
1: Got to bring in revenue somehow.
0: Exactly. So Lucille is staying in the guest bedroom, and it seems like she was just there for a visit because Daniel tried to play it off while, while he was on the couch. He tried to play it off. He said he wasn't feeling well. had a fever.
1: Classic Daniel.
0: Classic Daniel. But moms always know, you guys. Moms always know, and she put her hand on his head, and she said, mm, fever right. <laughs> you better work on that. So it's just really, really funny. Daniel responded, "Yeah, I'm working on it." So it seems Daniel still has some work to do with his marriage there. And they set it up. So, do you have anything else to say about that scene there, Cole?
1: No, I'm just uh, glad that uh, the the uh, the actress that played Daniel's mom is still in the involved in the show and everything. It's great to see her on there too.
0: Oh yeah, it's all bonus. It was so great seeing her come back, and she's still a great actress actress, actor, and... Still has, like, the Jersey accent, too. He's still got the Jersey accent, and they I love how they brought everybody back. And there's no stand-ins. So, you guys, the next scene, we're at the Miyagi-Do Dojo. And while the other students were training out back, they're still at it. Sam and Robbie, they're making out inside the dojo. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> To summer Love, Sam paused and said, Are we supposed to be leading warm ups?
2: Aren't we
1: supposed to be leading warm ups?
0: Yeah, but your grandma's staying at the house. This is the only private time we're gonna get.
1: You know, we're gonna have to tell my parents at some point. It's just not great timing. They're in to love a fight. She's stalling.
0: Well, I think she might be right. She knows her parents. She knows her parents. Might not be a great time to break that news.
1: Yeah. Is it ever a good time to break news to your parents that you're seeing the kid that's like staying at your
0: house? They're going to have to do it sometime. But, But then Robbie said, okay, I'll wait with you. And he said, I'll wait till the right time. And, and I like that conversation because it, it gives us a little update on what's been going on with their relationship and the family stuff as well. They can't keep their hands off each other and everything, and they, they, they need to tell the family. So they heard Dimitri call out from the back saying he found something. And do you remember what he found out there, Cole? It
1: just happened to be Mr. Miyagi's Medal of Honor.
0: Oh, yeah. Somebody just must have left it out there yeah Uh uh-huh so yeah robbie must have dished it out there for them to find and as sam and robbie were walking out of the dojo dimitri said he just found it in the rocks
1: look what i found it was just sitting in these rocks is that mr miyagi's medal of honor that's crazy we looked all over for this must have been here the whole time just laying there on top of the rocks
0: yeah, yeah. She said it, it we like looked all over for it and everything. But Robbie responded it must have been there the whole time, huh? Right? And Yeah. And that's not the best from Robbie, I'll admit. It. But why do you think he did that, Cole?
1: Because he doesn't want Sam to know about uh Miguel coming over with the medal.
0: You're right again. He doesn't want Sam to know that Miguel returned it and he's lying again here. But yeah, cool. I agree with you.
1: A little bit of Robin Robbie left in him.
0: Oh yeah, he's still still got it. It would be tough because once you once you've already pocketed it in that in that instant that happened at the door with Miguel, it'd be hard to come back from that. You ha- now you have to leave it somewhere.
1: Hey, for all they you know, one when the, of when the Cobra Kai's could have returned it. Just left it. Just just put it back in the yard and left.
0: Yep, but it's glad. I'm glad that it's back with the dojo where it belongs. And so before we cut back to Johnny Cole, do you have anything else to say about that scene?
1: I don't think so. I think Robbie is showing a good amount of patience there. Uh, I think uh, he has a slight feeling that he she might be ashamed of him or something. You can tell he's a little bit unhappy about the fact that, you know, she hasn't let her parents know anything yet. But he's respecting that because he's like, you know, he does, he's, he's like, yeah, you're right. They are fighting. But you can tell, uh, you know, Robbie wants it to be out there. He wants to be honest with Daniel, I think.
0: I agree, Cole. And that's a good point because I didn't have that in my notes. And that's a really good thing to think about because, yeah, he is definitely uh, Daniel's student and all that stuff still. So, and he's with his daughter. So it's, and it's good that he's waiting. I agree with you there. It shows. It shows some patience, but yeah, uh, you can tell that he, I agree with you exactly with what you said, actually. So that was perfect. And it's all setting it up for later, you guys. It's all these little scenes are setting it up for a big finale. So the next scene, we're back at the Reseda Heights apartments. And Johnny was walking over to Miguel's apartment. He was wearing his best zebra rock band t shirt. I never
1: actually, that's a band I don't, I'm not familiar with. I'm not familiar with Zebra.
0: I'm going to say same here. So maybe we need to listen to it now. Yeah,
1: we do. I'll do some research <laughs> later
0: and listen to some Zebra. So yeah, I think he's heading over to finally talk to Carmen and ask her out. But she walked around the corner before he got there and she was arm in arm with some other guy.
1: That's right.
0: The
2: British guy, Grant. The
0: British guy. Yes. Johnny was like, yeah, I was just heading out, you know. And then Carmen introduced Johnny to Graham. It's Graham is his name. And Johnny shook his hand, and he grabbed it pretty hard because he was like, cracking strong, strong grip, mate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's like an over-the-top British guy yeah. also.
0: I was going to say, you guys are in for a treat tonight because I have I the worst person at Accents, but I'm going to give it a shot. Definitely not trying to offend anybody. I'm just trying to show you how bad I am at Accents. So Carmen was like, Isn't he funny? <laughs> and then they headed inside and I always watched the show with the subtitles on, and she was telling Graham that he teaches my son karate. So that's what she sees him as. Just a just
1: a karate teacher.
0: Yes. He's looking down. And like that's the worst, you know, when you're about to make a move and then, and yeah. then you can't. Ooh. So he should have stuck like, first.
1: And she's with yeah, he should've taken his own advice. But yeah, that's never never good. Like you got your crush. Also, no, he's here with another guy. Oh, man. So, yeah, I get it. But, yeah, you're right. Not, not typical of Johnny. He didn't strike first.
0: I was going to say that, yeah, he, sh- he should have struck first. But then I also have that he-, he has been dealing with a lot of stuff lately. True. You know, with Tommy and all that and Chris. So, he- I guess he finally, things he's finally sorted themselves out. And he wanted to go over there. So, we got some uh, adult drama. Double drama now. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's all setting it up for later, you guys. Uh, do you have anything else to say about that one, Cole, before we move on? I like the fact
1: that he uh, gave Graham's a firm handshake. You know, he's, he's trying oh, to, wow. like, flex on him a little bit, you know?
0: It was so funny. <laughs>
1: And she's like, oh, you think he's funny, huh? He's like, yeah, yeah, sure.
0: I saw that look. That was really, I, I laughed so hard. He's like, hmm, you yeah, know, he, like, can't agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like,
1: he's like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, he just couldn't even, it was just perfect, yeah. Great acting from Zabka there. He can make me laugh, he can make me cry. I'm telling you all, I'm so glad that this show happened so we can see more of his acting. So, at the next scene, you guys, we are at the LaRusso Auto. And Amanda was walking into the conference room, when it was chock full of some really nice sushi. And then Daniel walked in as well, and he was like, is that from Sugarfish?
2: Wow, is that lunch from Sugarfish? And look at that, matcha green tea from Earth Cafe. Someone must have trekked over the hill. Thank you.
0: So it seems he wants to go get it, like driving a long way. And like these are Amanda's favorite spots. So, so what is he up to here, Cole?
1: He's trying to win her back by give, you know, bringing her gifts pretty much.
0: That's exactly right. And it's not a bad start, I would say. But sometimes it takes more than that. Amanda knew what he was up to, though. She was smiling slightly. She always knows. <laughs> she said, and she said, thank you, but... And then I noticed that he cut in and said that he already did the inventory statements, too. So he's, he's buying her stuff, and he's also working harder. Yeah, he's to trying it.
1: to make up for it.
0: He's trying to make up for it. He's working harder at the dealership as well, doing more than his part, it seems. Amanda said, thank you, but he's having lunch with the sales team over in Woodland Hills. That meeting was on their joint calendar, but he missed that. He did miss that. Adult drama. He was trying so hard with the other stuff, he missed that. that, That's an easy thing to miss. Amanda started to leave, and she was saying that she can share with the customers. She was leaving. She was even telling people, free sushi, and that was all supposed to be for her. So it's a good try from Daniel, but he did miss the mark.
1: Got shot down.
0: He got shot down, but I bet the customers enjoyed it. But not you, though, Cole. You don't like sushi.
1: I'm not a huge fan. You know, I've tried it multiple times. Um, uh, the uh, the Roll is okay, I guess. I don't know, man. I just can't, I can't get into it. i got to put a whole bunch of wasabi on it to get, to get through <laughs> it.
0: Insert boo sound here. Boo. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So, yes. Do you have anything else to say about that scene, Cole?
1: Daniel's going to have to try a little harder if he uh, wants to get through to Amanda and make her, make her realize he's not just um, trying to butter her up and make up you know, to get over it. She wants to know he's serious about maintaining his balance at the car dealership.
2: I totally agree. He needs to do
0: more. He is trying. But at the next scene, you guys, we're gonna start building the finale here. So we're at the Cobra Kai dojo, and the students were warming up. And Miguel and Tori were talking, and Miguel was trying to take her out. And she was—he was saying, "What about Friday?" So she said she has to work at the at the uh, roller hockey rink. the, at the skating r- rink. At the skating rink. I ha- for some reason, I have a hockey rink in my nose. Yes,
1: could be could be hockey too.
0: She's at the skating rink. But Miguel suggested they turn it into a date. Okay, what about Friday?
2: I can't. I'm working at the roller rink.
0: Great, let's turn it into a date night. <laughs> Candlelit dinner at the snack bar on my break. Look, there's nothing more romantic than free hot dogs and chicken nuggets.
2: Free? Not for you. You got to pay up. No splurge.
0: And I like that. I like that. Tori said, okay, but it's 80s night. You got to dress up. So we got more 80s stuff coming, yeah. you guys. More 80s stuff coming. They just had
1: to have an '80s night,
0: huh? Had to in this show. Of course, <laughs> Miguel was ready. He said, "I love the '80s." Maybe that's from Johnny.
1: Oh yeah, you know he's he digs it. <laughs> he like he likes the uh, he likes Johnny's music. You know, he's
0: digging the '80s. And I bet he got some movies from him too because he called dibs on Anthony Michael Hall from Weird Science. And do you know who that character is?
1: Yeah. Weird Science is a crazy movie, by the way, man. That's it one. If you haven't crazy. seen it in a while, I need to rewatch that one. That one's nuts. We wouldn't fly today. That movie would not no, fly now.
0: Not PC. But yeah, he's like the blonde kid and like the nerd actor from like The Breakfast Club. Yeah, That's exactly. Who that guy is yes. And Tori was like, I don't think you have to call dibs on that. <laughs> But at that moment, y'all, Hawk walked into the dojo, and he had a big bruise on his face from when Miguel finished him in the last episode. And they fought. Remember, they were talking trash to each other. But Miguel got up to go see him, and he said, "About Coyote Creek, are we cool?"
2: Hey, what's up? About Coyote Creek, we cool. We were enemies for a day, but Cobra Kai for life.
0: And they did that cool handshake thing that I really like. And that's just like when me and you have our fist fights, dude. We have our fist (laughs) fights, but then we're Cobra Kai for life. But I really, really like Miguel and Hawk's friendship, Cole. You know, they really have each other's backs and they care about each other. And they really care about how the other one is doing and they look out for each other.
1: Maybe Miguel more than Hawk, I think. But yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a good friendship, good male friendships, and that's a cool thing. In the dojo office, though, you guys, Johnny was looking at Crease's war photo that he had put up, and he took it off the wall, and he placed it in some bo- on some boxes, and I really like that because it was, sh- it was showing that Johnny's ready to move forward without Kreese, He He doesn't need him anymore.
1: Yeah, he you know, he slipped up, let him crease back in for a minute, but realized it was the wrong move.
0: One hundred percent. And he did the right thing. For the kids. So Johnny started walking out of the office. It's it's his cobra Kai now. He's put crease out of the way. And Raymond was also in the main room. He was stretching out too. And did you notice, Cole, he still had that red headband on from Crowdy Creek? Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Well, he was he the forgot winner. He the goatee. So the goatee. Oh, yeah, he's Stingray now, I should say. Stingray. And he was the winner, so I guess he deserves to wear it. So Johnny told the students to fall in, you guys. And I caught Miguel and Tori. They're making eyes at each other already. And I bet you they're ready to flirt fight some more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think Johnny noticed that too. So Johnny started to begin the class without crease, you know, and Hawk asked, Where is sensei crease? And then Stingray added,
1: Yeah, shouldn't we wait for the sensei emeritus before we get going?
0: <laughs> and do you know, do you happen to know what that word emeritus means, Cole?
1: It's a Latin word, isn't it? Uh, it'd be Ooh, like the, uh, the, 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 like the patriarch almost, you know, of a, of a a dynasty or a family or something or anything, you know, like the the person at the top.
0: It is the person person at the top. It is Latin. Dang, you're smart, dude. I'm glad I have you on the podcast. Yeah, it's, it means specifically what the, the, I didn't know what it meant. So that's great that you got it, dude. Totally. It says former, the former holder of an office. Especially a college professor, there might be okay, multiple Okay there might be multiple definitions, but it's somebody that's having re- been retired but allowed to retain their title as an honor. so I think Stingray got this one right actually instead of here to four. <laughs> remember uh, so I think he got that one right. There might be multiple definitions, but yeah, dude, you got it and. I don't think that Johnny knew what that meant though, because he was just staring at Singer. and Singer is like, well, we're not. So Johnny continued by saying, since a crease will not be joining us. And if you notice, like the students were like whispering and they didn't like that, but it's this Cole. It's this power struggle. that has been going on behind the scenes. And now Johnny has to explain it to the kids. And did you like, did, like, did you like this speech that he said to the kids?
1: I did, but I think at this point, you know, Crease has uh, rubbed off. He's dripped a little too much grease on him, man. You know, he's he's got them a little bit too indoctrinated at this point. So, I think that uh, you know maybe they're, they're accepting the 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 new way, but I think there might be some people who aren't, you know, are still clinging on to Crease.
0: Yeah, he's gonna have to bring them back into the fold and teach them more about honor, just like we were talking about. That's why I wanted to talk about it for this episode. I love this speech, y'all. Johnny went on, he started saying that, when I became your sensei, I promised to always look out for their best interest. And then he said, despite how hard this must be for all of us, Sensei Kreese did not have their best interest at heart.
1: It was definitely hard for Johnny too, you know, not, not just the kids. Yeah, I was
0: about to say, and because in my notes it says he's talking about them and himself. So yeah, you're exactly right. Johnny went on saying that John Kreese may have founded Cobra Kai, but he no longer represents what this dojo stands for. His Cobra Kai was old and outdated, and he refused to move forward. And what happens when we refuse to move forward, Cole?
1: He gets stuck in cement.
0: Exactly.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> Goes back to the training in the junkyard.
0: Mm-hmm. Johnny added that to be a great fighter, you have to be willing to adapt and change. And if you follow the creed on the wall to the letter, creative strike first, strike hard, no mercy, it'll make you strong, it'll make you formidable, but it'll also make you an asshole, he said and he finished up by saying that's just black and white on a wall because
1: that's just black paint on a white wall but life's not black and white more often than not it's gray and it's in those gray areas where johnny lawrence's cobra kai sometimes shows mercy
0: team johnny Oh man That is good dude Team Johnny That's amazing stuff Great character development That's almost like a season and a half Worth of it Just coming through right there And it had been building for a while So that was amazing He's going against Exactly what's on the wall in a way Johnny finished by saying That doesn't mean you can't be badass that's still a requirement. That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but he said, you have to learn not to think with your gut or your fists. You really have to use this. He pointed to his head, of course. And then he said, which, which leads us to today's lesson. And then he broke a board on his head and said, it's head And he told the students to grab a partner. So it's still the good old Johnny Cobra Kai
1: so maybe johnny's uh cobra kai and a little bit of my uh, maybe uh, some miyagi though they're somewhat similar remember what daniel said also or miyagi said cardi's not here or here it comes from here mm,
0: the yin and the guy. yang
1: yeah exactly
0: the yin and the yang is a little yeah. bit in both man they did it perfectly you guys so it seems that cobra kai and johnny are changing they're still badass, and what did you think about that speech, Cole?
1: Yeah, I think it's great to see uh, Johnny moving forward and, and, and doing what he thinks is best for these kids. Unfortunately, by letting Kreese back in, there's, there's definitely going to be some that are still attached to him. You know, They're not going to just like be like, oh, man, he's just gone all of a sudden. I mean, it's kind of a hard way to deal with it, and you can tell even Hawk was kind of upset. You know, and he, I'm not sure if he fully like buys into the no sometimes show mercy thing either. But uh, most of the kids like, seem like they were on board with it, and I, I do like seeing uh, uh, Johnny uh, move forward this way. Like he, he mainly he just doesn't want these kids to turn into him, and so he's trying to teach them to be uh, like we talked about earlier, uh, more uh, honorable, knowing knowing when to sometimes it's just okay to show mercy. It doesn't mean to, to not go hard, not, not give it your all, and not hold back. It just need no, like you knows know, know your opponent's limits and know when to stop. When, you, when, you've won, when you've won, if you've already won, there's no reason to, go, to keep going.
0: Oh, man. I'm loving what you're saying right there. I agree with you 100%, and you really hit the nail on the head when you said Johnny does not want the kids to end up like him and that is such a huge part of the show that is such a huge part of the show it's one of my favorite parts i hadn't really been able to vocalize it just like you did just then so that's perfect thank you for saying that johnny does because just like he told tommy he said i don't want them to have their lives you know live their lives full of regret and is he gonna do it though He's trying and tommy would say he's the champ he he is gonna do it he is trying so that is huge i love that character development team tommy team tommy you guys will never forget so that is such a great speech man i love that so they started headbutting each other you guys johnny was in the back room (laughs) and did you see hawk headbutt raymond Uh, i mean uh stingray
1: yeah, he he he, he but someone else first, and seems like oh I, I want it next. You know, my turn, just boom, just hits him right in the head, it's super hard.
0: Yeah, he said, "Oh hell yeah, he liked it." <laughs> Sound like it hurt? Yeah. Oh man,
1: you don't want to get hit, in real life, not
0: something. not by. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's no, like, you've had it happen to you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I bet it would hurt. We'll do it in our next fist fight. <laughs> So while all that was happening, you guys, Miguel walked back to talk with Johnny. And do you remember what he wanted to talk to him about?
1: He was uh, asking about how things went with Kreese. No, it's not about headbutting. I think I got that down. It's about Sensei Kreese.
0: What about him? I I know he's your friend. So if you want to talk, you don't have to worry about me. Besides, you should be focused on that girlfriend of yours. You know about that? I'm not blind. And that's funny. And that's funny, but it also shows that Johnny is keeping what happened between him and Kreese close to the vest. He's not telling anybody really what happened. Miguel was like, you know about that, huh? And Johnny said, I'm not blind. <laughs> he said, just, just don't get distracted. He said, you can play hide the plantain on your own time. <laughs> oh. In, in oh, English, we man. call them bananas. We Bananas. <laughs> and that one got me, dude. That one got me. That's a classic Johnny line. And, and yeah, that was great. So Miguel laughed and he said, yes, sensei. But then he added, like, what about you? Do you have a... And then Johnny said, don't worry about me. I do just fine. But Miguel suggested that he could try an app. That's how her mom, his mom found her boyfriend. And, and Johnny was like angrily stacking the stuff. He was like, yeah, how's that going? <laughs> Miguel answered, it's going well. And she's had some bad luck with guys in the past. So it's good to see her happy. And Johnny was like, that's good. I'm glad to hear that.
1: <laughs> he's, yeah, feeling like super short. Like, he's like, <laughs>
0: throwing the stuff. And you know he's kicking himself for not striking first. But yeah, he was busy with all that stuff. But Johnny thought about it and he relented. So he was like, yeah, what's up with this app thing? And Miguel smiled and I was smiling, man, because I knew we were about to get some super funny Johnny Lawrence dating action scenes. It's gonna be so funny. I was super excited and yeah, there was a lot going on in that scene. But it looks like the crease days are over. Johnny's about to hit the dating scene. I love that. So, yeah, what do you think about that, Cole? A
1: little bit more of uh, Johnny versus technology there also. We'll see how he deals with the dating app. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's good to see that uh, Miguel is still close with Johnny. Miguel uh, legitimately cares about how Johnny's doing also. wants to make sure uh, you know if he's got anything he needs to talk about, that he's there for him just as, as a... Is Johnny's there for Miguel? And uh, I like that relationship they have. And uh, yeah, um, Johnny's still uh, kind of sulking about Graham. It's kind of funny; he's being a little childish. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> and I want to see—I uh, want to see how Johnny deals with a with a dating app. Also.
0: Oh yeah, the uh, Johnny versus technology—that's yeah. that's what I was trying to say earlier. Yes, Johnny versus technology. And trying to get back into the dating scene. You know it's gonna be funny. So yes, man, I loved it. I was smiling the whole time. But at the next scene, you guys, we are at LaRusso Auto, North Hollywood location. And Amanda was taking some workers and she was walking into the showroom, but she stopped in her tracks and Daniel was there with the Miyagi Do students. And what was he what was he having them do, Cole?
1: Doing wax on, wax off <laughs> on all the cars in the showroom.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Daniel was like, uh, not bad, right? But then she said, you know, just 10 more minutes of this. And then, <laughs> but Daniel cut in saying, it's not training. I'm, he said, I'm trying to help, you know, and I'm trying to say I'm sorry. He's being smart. He's trying to get two things at once, you know? Two things at once. Well said. Yeah, I was about to say, this isn't a bad idea from Daniel. He needs to train the kids. He also needs to make things right with Amanda, so he's trying to find the balance here. He's trying to get two
1: birds stoned at the same time.
0: (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) Two birds stoned at once. Daniel even said, "Like he's like, what else can I do? What else can I do, Amanda? It's not a puzzle, Daniel. Look, I don't want to fight. I just Know that this is not permanent. Neither is Sushi. You can't put a band-aid on an open head wound.
2: What, a marriage is an
1: open head wound? Pick whatever analogy you want. You know what I mean. Yeah, she wants it to be sincere.
0: Sincere, that's the word. She walked off at that point, and Daniel's looking a little lost there. And wow, that is some... Some adult drama, yeah. Some some adult drama, and I was going to ask you, Cole. Do you think Amanda has a right to be acting this way towards Daniel?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, she does. He's he's got a business he needs to run, and she's kind of. He's been off playing around. In her mind, she's he's been off playing around, you know, with his dojo, and he's you know more focused on teaching kids karate than he is running his business, and he's lost one of his best employees because of it. And because of that, uh, Amanda's had to compensate for it. So she's been doing double the work or maybe even triple since he's not there too. And I knew she's gone. So, yeah, I think she's got a little bit of a right to be angry at him.
0: Oh, I totally agree with you. I agree with you. Daniel is trying, though. He just needs to find the right way to go about it. But I agree with you. Yeah, she's, she's still – he hasn't done enough. He hasn't done it the right way. And like you said, doing all that extra work and just not being there. She has a right. I agree with you. So at the next scene, you guys, Miguel and Johnny were sitting on the couch and they're in Johnny's apartment. <laughs> so Miguel was saying, okay, the app has been downloaded. And are you ready for some hilarious dating action, Cole? No oh, yeah. This is going to be funny. So Miguel, he asked what type of women Johnny wanted to meet. And then Johnny just stared at him. And what, what type of women is Johnny trying to meet?
1: Hot babes, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah, hot babes, of course. And then he asked Johnny what his likes were. Do you remember what his likes were?
1: He said uh, muscle cars, martial arts, and Iron Eagle. And Iron Eagle, too.
0: Yes, he had a great memory. And that got me thinking, Cole. We watched Iron Eagle together, didn't we? We did. Because of this show, and yeah, how did you feel about that movie, real quick?
1: I enjoyed it. It's a little unrealistic, but, but it was—it's uh, great. It was a great story. It's good. I, I enjoyed it. It's, I mean, as a kid, I would have loved it. I wish I never saw it as a kid. If I was a kid, back when, when I was a kid, I would have loved that movie.
0: Yeah, it's really fun. A little unrealistic, but it's so fun. But my next question is. Is have you seen Iron Eagle Two?
1: I don't believe I have. No.
0: Oh, Cole, we have to watch that next. I think it's actually better than the first one, uh, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, I guess it's a trend in jet movies, man. Because I feel like the second Top Gun was better than the first hey, one. Hey,
0: hey, there you go, perfect analogy there. And folks, we're gonna come back with Cole's review of Iron Eagle Two soon. <laughs> And if you, if you at home have not seen Iron Eagle or Iron Eagle 2, I highly recommend those movies. That is your homework. That's your Miyagi-Do homework. Or
1: Johnny's favorite movies.
0: Your Johnny Lawrence homework. The second one is better, in my opinion. But yeah, Johnny said to Miguel, he was like, why aren't you tex- texting any of this down? Computer <laughs> dating was your idea. <laughs> Classic Johnny there. And he started talking about how much easier dating used to be back in the day. He said you would just bump into a girl, not too hard, pretty hard, but then you buy her a beer. So I guess I've been doing it wrong all these years.
1: Guess so, man. Me too, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, he said it's it's tried and true. He said it's that's how the cavemen did it. <laughs> and he said speaking of cavemen, that's another light, you know, from those insurance commercials. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Iron Eagle Two and Cavemen,
0: yeah, and Cavemen, and yeah, Cole. Those commercials were from like 2003, almost. I feel like <laughs> they were so long ago. But that's something I that is totally something I feel like Johnny would have liked, and just like held on to it, you know. It's like, oh, I like the Cavemen guys. <laughs> that was so funny. The writing So Miguel was like, "I'm gonna figure. I'm gonna fill the rest of this out on my own." And then, what about clothes? What are you wearing? And that sent Miguel to Johnny's closet to see what he had. And all the shirts were looking the same. So funny. Johnny said, if you notice, he was like, there's a chick on my app. Hey, there's a chick on my app. Yeah, look, uh, all right, just uh, swipe right if you like her, and we'll send him a bunch of dates. This is dumb. You can't find anything out about a chick from one. Ooh, this one's hot. <laughs> And Miguel was asking if he could borrow a jacket from Johnny's closet. And Johnny was like, Yeah, whatever. And I, I was thinking to myself the first time I watched it, I said, Please, please wear Johnny's red jacket from the first movie. Yep. It would be perfect. Another callback. And you know, the show always gives us what we want. But Johnny kept swiping on the, on the apps and he, was a, he, he said, No, no, no. Lose the mole and you're in. Actually, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So he's living this
1: uh, Tinder like
0: app. It's already, yeah. yeah. We are in, in, we are in for some out of touch dating shenanigans, man. And I can't wait. So
1: the key to that game is just always swipe right, dude. All of them. Swipe all of
0: them. Swipe all the way, dude. There it is. That's a life pro tip from Cole there, you guys.
1: (laughs) That's that's statistics 101, dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You already know. So they're setting it up for later, you guys. And before we move on, do you have anything else to say about that scene, Cole?
1: Uh, yeah, I thought it was funny. Uh, you know, Johnny still thinks that, you know, his, his technology is, is nerd stuff, you know? So he's like, oh yeah, the computer dating is your idea. I don't, you <laughs> know, do computer dating,
0: computer dating. And, um,
1: seeing his, uh, wardrobes funny as well. You know, like myself, uh, Johnny's uh, very much just a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy. He's got a few button-ups in there. and uh, it, it was awesome seeing the old red jacket and, uh, and seeing that uh, Miguel actually wanted to wear it as well. It's cool.
0: Oh, yes. You're exactly right there, Cole. So, in the next scene, guys, we're at the LaRusso household. Sam and Robbie, what were they doing, do you think, man? They were in the kitchen and they're making it out once again. And they were doing it with standing in the refrigerator with the doors wide open. Did you see that? Is
1: Risky, man. Risky.
0: <laughs> Risky. And a waste of electricity. So come on, y'all. Hey, they're rich. They're rich. At that moment, though, Lucille called out from the front door saying, Sammy, can you help me with the groceries? And they almost got caught. Like If she wouldn't have called out, they may have gotten caught there lucille noticed robbie was there too and asked if they could help with the grocery so they're both walking outside and robbie said unless we want to keep avoiding your family we should really go out one of these nights sam smiled like she had an idea so it seems that both of these couples might be headed for a collision course later if they choose the same roller rink Yep, teen drama you guys teen drama so yeah, do you have anything else to say about that quick scene there, Cole? You think uh,
1: Grandma LaRusso knows what's going on there? I think she could tell a little bit.
0: Moms always know.
1: I think she knows. I think she knows, man.
2: Moms I think, always know. I think Mama LaRusso knows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she seems to know. Yeah, it, it, but will she say anything? Yeah. I don't know. I don't
1: think she will. I know. She's cool like that.
0: She seems like the type of person that wouldn't say anything. In my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, remember like in the old movie, she was encouraging Daniel. Yeah, go find that girl, you know? Yeah, it's
0: true. It's true. So I'm glad we have the same idea about that. So here we go, guys. In the next scene, we're downtown. We're at some bar or restaurant. Applebee's? Not Applebee's this time. He's trying, to, he's trying to woo these women, and are you ready for some fun Johnny Dating montage action, Cole? Yes. Me too. You guys you guys know we love the montages here on Never Dies. So date number one, if y'all remember, she, it was someone that was very child-centric. She was talking about her two kids, saying how it's hard to find someone who's fun. My job, I'm around kids all the time, so believe me, I know how to handle it.
2: That is so good to hear.
0: Yeah, this one time this kid in my class was texting on his phone. Mm-hmm. So I body slamming the mat, lying elbow to his teeth.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. She's like, just like, what?
0: <laughs> Day number two was someone who got a text on her smartwatch. And Johnny was like, Yeah, you get text on that thing. I get text on my smartphone. It's an Ericsson. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's like, well, you yeah, know, yeah, but he, he's like, I get text on my smart phone. Like, it's not a thing. Like, it's not a thing that's common already.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm just as good as you. So I bet she thought that he was making fun of her.
1: <laughs>
0: so that one didn't go very well either. Date number three someone who's talking a lot of politics. She mentioned taking down the patriarchy. <laughs> do remember what Daniels, uh, do you remember what Johnny said about that one?
1: he seemed to have just like really kind of ignored what she was saying. And uh, it's like, well, I want me to go to my car and I'll teach you how to drive a stick shift. To the oh
0: car. yeah. That too. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally Johnny and way too forward, of course, and cliche, but he, yeah, she said, you know, we like got the total to- opposite of what that woman would want to hear. Also total opposite. Cause she was talking about taking down the patriarchy and he said, yeah, I hate the Patriots too. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: yeah. 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 That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> uh, so funny! So, date number four, you guys turned out to be the woman from that house in the first episode <laughs> when Johnny put the TV on the wrong wall. So after they recognized each other, Johnny was like, "I got fired because of you." She was like, "You call me a bitch." And he's like, "I didn't call you that. You were bitching at me." <laughs> so they're like, "So they immediately bitching at me." <laughs>
1: Because of you, I got fired. You called me a bitch. No, I said you were bitching at me. You know what? That's it. Don't be shitty apps.
0: Bitch. Super funny. But I bet if they could have gotten past that, they might have gotten along. You know, who knows? Who knows? And like, whichever writer thought of bringing her back, like, when they were, like whenever they were thinking of like bad dates, you know, that's really funny. That's it. Like, that's a total tender thing. <laughs> meet up with somebody you're not ready to meet up with so some super funny super funny great stuff there and do you have anything else to say about that scene or oh, the dating scene
1: you know johnny's trying there didn't seem like anything's working out for him you know maybe maybe he was on to something with what he told miguel about how uh he used to meet with him back in the day he might need to, he might need to try a little that. that Some of that again.
0: that's right he doesn't seem to be it doesn't seem to be working for him the modern dating scene so at the next scene though you guys we are at the LaRusso household and we have a really touching scene here you guys Daniel's sitting on the couch he was going through an old scrapbook it seemed to have a lot of stuff from when Daniel went with Mr. Miyagi to Okinawa. Did you see that picture? Yeah. Yeah, really, really cool there. And then I also noticed that Daniel kept his plane tickets. That was in there as well. And, and that picture was of them in, at the gorge and Karate Kid 3. That, and that might have been a real photo from the production.
1: It's cool seeing all that in a scrapbook.
0: Way cool, man. With his orange jacket. And Daniel was looking at it all, and he was smiling. You know, I was smiling, too. And, he, and then he turned the page where there's some pictures of him and Sam as a kid. But I, I bet you it was his actual daughter, because he was looking really young. And there's also stuff from Anthony's First Christmas, y'all. We can't forget about Anthony. But the question is, why do you think Daniel is going through the, the scrapbook at this moment, Cole?
1: Uh, because he is thinking about his marriage and wants to go back to how things were when they first got together. And so I think he's looking to the scrapbook to to bring back some of those memories.
0: I totally agree. Yeah. He's, he's been feeling down. His balance was off and he, he neglected Amanda and the business. So he's been trying to make it right, but it hasn't worked so far. So he's looking for a little inspiration, looking for a little guidance. And he gets it. because Lucille comes into the room, that he, then y'all, and it's started to have this heart-to-heart while going through the pictures. She even made fun of her own hair back then, saying <laughs> the 80s, <laughs> she did have some cool hair. Daniel smiled and he sighed, you know, moms always know, you guys. So yep. she, cut, she, yep, she cut right to the point. She said, it, it'll get better. She was talking about his marriage problems. Of course, she said she'll come around. Daniel said, "I know, but you know, I've tried every grand gesture I can think of." Then Lucille be- began to recant the story to Daniel about the time Daniel's father took them to Coney Island. This is a special memory because Daniel said it was like the best day of his life. You know, he said, "Dad and I ate something from every booth." And they <laughs> rode the cyclone five times. And we don't really talk about Daniel's father very much. So I do like this. He seemed to be a pretty cool guy and a good father.
2: And Daniel's remembering the big stuff. But then he got
0: quiet. And he said, that's about the time he started getting sick. And this is a touching scene, you guys. You know, this, this show, it hits every emotion does it does it'll it'll make you laugh one scene but in the very next scene it it might bring a tear to your eye y'all and this is some serious stuff so but lucille his mom she said do you know what i remember she started talking about when they were in line for the wonder wheel and daniel said yeah that was incredible but lucille lucille said no it was the smallest moment when we were in line Dad held her hand and put his head on her shoulder.
1: And he, he put his head on my shoulder. Right here. And he,
2: he told me he loved me. <laughs> I could still feel his hair on my cheek.
0: So she's remembering the smallest stuff. Right, yeah. the small stuff. She said, "That's all I ever wanted to know—to know that he was in it with her, no matter what." And that's the guidance that Daniel has been needing. So they both started tearing up a little bit. You know, Daniel said, I love you, Ma. And she said, I love you, too. And I'm not crying, Cole. You're, you're the one that's crying, man. Huh. Not me. Not me.
1: Uh, I'm not going to lie, man. I almost did tear up during that scene.
0: It's, I'm telling you, y'all, it hits every emotion.
1: You know, some of us can uh, can relate to, uh, to, uh, to that situation in real life.
0: Yes. I think we both can relate. I can edit that out, too, if you don't want to say anything. But, uh, yes it was a super touching scene and I think Daniel really needed to hear that. So I really liked it. It was great writing, great writing, great acting once again. And yeah, it did bring a tear to my eye a little bit too cold. It's, it hits all the emotions. So do you have anything to say about that scene? And how did it make you feel and everything?
1: Throughout the, uh, series and, uh, even the, the trilogy of movies, um, Daniel's father's never really talked about. So, you know, in the movies we're not really sure what happened to his dad. I don't remember if they really explained that in the first movie or not. But uh, at least this right here kind of gives that some clarity. It was good to see him bond with his mom and his mom uh, giving him advice about his marriage as well. And and this scene is something that, you know, we've all done it. We've all gotten out the old photo uh, photo albums or scrapbooks and reminisce. It's always a bittersweet thing. Oh, yeah. Memories are always good, but you uh, feel upset about the fact that it's th- that's the past. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a touching scene, and uh, it it did hit it close to home for me. And uh, and uh, I think it's good to see that uh, that this show uh, sometimes talks about you know real life things also.
0: Oh yes, and the movies too. You know uh, Miyagi's father, that scene when. Yeah. Daniel's got his arm around him and they're looking at the sunset. That's probably my favorite or like the most powerful scene to me in the whole Karate Kids. I really, really liked that scene. And yeah, it does deal with loss and the father thing. So he seemed like a pretty cool guy, Daniel's father. And it was sad, but he did get some guidance from his mom there. So a touching scene, y'all. But it'll make you cry, but then it'll also make you laugh in the next scene. We're in a, an emotional roller coaster here, you guys. Because <laughs> we're at another, it's a, the upscale bar. It's playing rock music this time, though. Johnny was at the bar. He was having a Coors banquet. He was looking around, and he seems to be on date number five here.
1: I bet Johnny loaded the jukebox.
0: That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he loaded it up. So, he was waiting, y'all, and he was looking at Facebook on his phone, and do you remember who he was looking at, Cole?
1: Uh, It happened to be Allie.
0: With an eye. Allie with an eye. She was the girl from Karate Kid 1. She was the girl that started this whole rivalry that has turned into a dojo war 40 years down the line.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. She's kind of the whole reason this
0: whole whole thing's going on. Oh, Yeah, she is the reason. So, and why do you think he was looking at her profile right then?
1: Because he still has feelings for her. He's he's still kind of clings he clings to that uh, in the past. That's just how Johnny is, and he still has feelings for Alan and he and he wants to maybe reach out to her and rekindle things.
0: You're exactly right, Cole. Once again, he even started to compose a message to her. Explaining that Facebook is an app on his smartphone. <laughs> He's like explaining it to her. <laughs> and then he said, Maybe we connect one of these days. But then he decided that it sounded too desperate. He's about to delete it with when some woman bumped into him <laughs> hard, not too hard, it, pretty hard though. <laughs> and then she offered to buy him a beer. So does that sound familiar, Cole?
1: Yeah sounds like it's his old
0: move. (laughs) She pulled a Johnny on Johnny. She pulled a Johnny on Johnny, and when she bumped into him, though, it made him accidentally send that message to Allie. Wow, y'all. Oh, my Uh gosh. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. How did you feel about that when the message got sent?
1: Well, you know, that's just a time bomb.
0: (sighs) Man. You are exactly right. Oh, my gosh. So do you have anything to say about that? Anything else to say about that scene before we move on? That was crazy.
1: Yeah, he's doing what some people may have done before. You know, think about your ex. Think about how things were when you're kids. And just want to reach out and be like, hey, how you been?
0: Yeah, he still has feelings for her, definitely.
1: I like this set. This woman that just came in using his own moves. Interested to see what she's about.
0: Oh yeah, her name's Melissa in the subtitles. So that's Melissa and yeah, she pulled a Johnny on Johnny. Yeah. It is a ticking time bomb. That's a great way to put it. The alley bomb. Yep,
1: yeah, he sent it. He doesn't know only, he doesn't know that he sent
0: it yet either. No. So, yeah. He didn't mean to. He didn't mean to. He's about to delete it. But it got sent, and there's no going back. And yeah, I'm going to start calling it the Alley Bomb. Dude, You're exactly right. (laughs) But here we go, guys. You guys know what we're here for. We're all here for the karate, but we're also here for that teen drama, you guys. And it's been building the whole episode and for the rest of the season. So I'm ready to get into it, you guys. I just finished my second cup of coffee, so we're about to go crazy in here. So it's 80s night, y'all, at the Cascade Roller Rink. And we start things off with Dance Hall Days by English new wave band Wang Chung. So it's already off to a good start. Love that song. You
1: you might remember that song from Flash FM.
0: Ayo. Is that some GTA? Oh, yeah. GTA, baby. Perfect. It's a great song. There was a DJ there. There was cool colored lights everywhere. And everyone was in 80s costumes. It sounds like fun, Cole, right? Definitely. Do you want to go with me to the roller rink tonight? No. (laughs) <laughs> come on let's go come on
1: only if it's 80s night
0: yeah no we're both gonna dress up as something something funny <laughs> some duo we're gonna go i'll make you go
1: only if it's
0: 80s night it's 80s it's 80s night tonight so y'all sam and robbie walked through the doors and there's some 80s references here you guys did you catch what their costumes were cole
1: yeah i think so uh Sam definitely looks like Molly Ringwald from uh, Pretty in Pink. Yes. And I think Robbie is supposed to be, and I can't remember his name right now, but it was her love interest uh, in in that movie. Not The guy that's not Dougie.
0: Yeah, Steph is his name.
1: But he looks more like uh, mommy, some guy from Miami Vice or something, uh-huh. or something.
0: Oh, yeah, and he gets called out on that later, yeah. too. He does look like Miami Vice looking pretty awesome in that white blazer looks
1: like Sonny Crockett
0: <laughs> so yeah as they're walking in Robbie was saying that it, it feels good not to have to sneak around but Sam was saying she wanted to be Ducky instead you know and that was the best friend character from Pretty in Pink
1: yeah but Ducky didn't get the girl man didn't. he got a girl but you know he didn't, he didn't get with Molly Ringwald
0: no Robbie said that with, with his hair, his only option was Spader, meaning James Spader, the actor who played Steph. I had to figure that one out.
1: They did Ducky Dirty, man.
0: <laughs> they did, <laughs> all right. Go back and finish it. They did Ducky Dirty, dude. <laughs> Apparently, the pain.
1: test audiences didn't like her, and ended up with Ducky at the end, so they changed it.
0: Man, that's a shame. That's so, yeah, a it's shame.
1: not, it's not, it's not realistic.
2: <laughs>
0: it happens, y'all. But here we go, because Sam was like, I'm starving. And and she she reached for the attention of a waitress who was skating past them from behind. She didn't realize who it was until it was too late. And who was it, Cole? Oh,
1: it just happened to be Tori with a Y.
0: Oh, no. Tori with a Y. They're both here. Both couples are here. And who was Tori dressed up as, Cole?
1: She looked like uh, Cyndi Lauper or something almost there.
0: Yeah, I was was thinking Madonna. Could be Madonna also. But it could be Cindy Lauper as well. Yeah, they kind of wore the similar stuff.
1: Like the black, like, kind of fishnet thing on what's going on there with the big earring, big cross earring.
0: big cross, right? Yeah, it could have been either one of those. But yeah, Tori turned around and she was like, well, look who it is. Here we go, Cole. Here we go.
2: <laughs> Starving. Oh, excuse me. Can we get some menus? <laughs> oh, look who it is. I um, I didn't know that you were here. Yeah, well, not all of us get to use Daddy's credit card. Look, we just wanted to order some food. I'm sorry.
0: Ooh. And yeah, that's the, that's another layer of Sam and Corey's rivalry. It's this economic class aspect. Okay. That's part of their rivalry. Kind of like how it was with Daniel and Johnny, if you remember. A
1: classism does exist, man. Classism,
0: exactly. So that's part of their rivalry. Sam responded by saying that we just wanted to order some food. I'm sorry. But who else showed up at that moment, Cole? Miguel. With Miguel. It was, and who was he dressed up as?
1: He looked like Michael Jackson.
0: <laughs> he did look like michael jackson <laughs> but he had a special jacket on didn't he yeah he was wearing johnny's jacket he was wearing johnny's iconic red jacket with the cobra kai patches on it it was so cool to see that jacket again cole right
1: yeah and he had the shutter shades on too
0: and the shutter shades looking super fly and i never thought i was gonna see that jacket again you see the one glove To be like Michael Jackson. Yeah. I never thought I was going to see that jacket again. So it was all a bonus. So cool. I wonder if it's the same jacket. I'm going to do some research on that. I bet it is. I bet you it is. So that's so cool. Another callback to the originals there, you guys. And yeah, he was asking Tori what time she was going to go on break. Trying to get some fries for her and stuff. But then he noticed Sam and Robbie were standing there. And he said, oh, hey, I didn't recognize you. But then Miguel, he said, I dig the costumes. And then he introduced them to Tori. And I got to say, that's pretty nice for Miguel. Team Miguel. It is
1: big of Miguel.
0: It was very big. He was showing a lot of maturity. So good on you, Miguel. I'm sure this night's going to go just fine from here on out. But Tori kept it up y'all this is, uh, this is what's going on with Tori She said yeah we, we've, we've met before
2: Yeah we met already Sam and I had a little run in at the beach club
0: And that's another dig from Tori y'all She's ready to go She is ready to go tonight Sam did try to smooth things over by saying So how do you two know each other? So
2: how do you two know each other?
0: And that's good from Sam, but when Miguel answered that Tori was in Cobra Kai, that's how he knew her, she said figures under her breath. Uh, Yeah.
2: Mm. Tori's in Cobra Kai.
0: Figures. Right in front of her, too. Yep. Mm, She definitely heard it. That's not good from Sam. I got to say, that's immature. You know, I feel like she should have had a better reaction. Uh, She slipped. She just naturally slipped. It's naturally slipped out. She didn't have the control, and she also lost Miguel and Aisha to Cobra Kai, so maybe that's where that's coming from. (laughs) But she, but she did say it right in front of Tori, and this is here comes the teen drama, you guys, because. Tori did hear that. and She was like, what was that? (laughs) (coughs) Sam looked at her with some catty eyes and she said nothing.
2: Figures. What was that? Nothing.
0: And like, that is another bad move from Sam. And this is like the most juiciest teen drama building up here. Tori wasn't going to let that go without doing something so she turned to miguel and she said i gotta get back to work babe and then she went in for a big kiss with miguel right in front of sam Ooh! and she knows ex- exactly what she's doing right cole
1: oh yeah trying to make her jealous nothing all right i
0: gotta get back to work see you later babe Trying to make her jealous. Yeah, she knows that Sam and Miguel—they they used to date, and she saw the PowerPoint to Sam at Applebee's and everything. So this is her really like claiming Miguel, and, like yeah, throwing mm-hmm. it in Sam's face. Tori's a little time. dirty
1: now. Tori's being a little bit dirty here. I'm not gonna gonna little, lie, they're
0: both—they both were. A a little
1: few sprinkles of grease dropped off on her from grease, <laughs> man.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, she's she's greasy too. Terrible Tori. But, you know, Sam was saying some stuff, too, and it was very catty both ways. So, I was going to ask, what did you think about that conversation?
1: It's uh, tense. <laughs> it
0: was so tense. It was so juicy. Very tense.
1: Uh, no, Miguel has no idea that Tori and Sam have met each other already, uh, so he's just... You know, it's it, like you said earlier. It's kind of it's pretty big of him to, you know, try to put things aside. Okay, yeah, that's my ex. Whatever, we can still be cool, and uh, go ahead. You know, he just introduces a uh, to them, and he's even you know acknowledging Robbie's presence as well, even though him and Robbie aren't cool really. So he's he's trying to be civil, and I can respect Miguel for that. And that's usually how I try to deal with things with people who I don't ne- necessarily like, but Sometimes you'll end up running to those people if you're at a, you know, a place where uh, you're, you know, all able to see that person. Uh, and it's better to to just uh, say, hi, how you doing, and go about your way. And Miguel's trying to do that. So, uh, yeah, uh, big ups to, uh, to Miguel for trying to keep the peace. Tori, though, still holds a grudge, I guess. Can't move on. And just has to go ahead and... Uh, Rub the fact that she's with Miguel now in her face. <laughs> you can see him, uh slipped up a little bit there, also, uh, kind of sliding them like uh, you know, acting like uh, it's an insult to be a Cobra Kai. So there's still some uh, there's still some bad blood there.
0: That's well said, Cole. Because yeah, I didn't think about that. She did kind of slam like the whole Cobra Kai dojo by saying, "Yeah,
1: that. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's typical."
0: Yeah, very typical, very typical, and. I agree with you, <laughs> it, but Sam was definitely saying some stuff as well. You know, saying nothing. Like, that's a total teenager thing to say. Like, say, say, say nothing after you've <laughs> said some stuff. So, my other question was, do you think Tori has a right to be like that towards Sam right now?
1: Um, Maybe. I mean, Sam misjudged her pretty hard the first time they met.
0: Yeah, at the country but, club. you know,
1: accused her of being a thief when she wasn't. Yeah. So I mean, I'd be pretty upset about that. as well I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'd be I'd be mad about it still. Also, to be honest, I'm not. I'm, it's not something I probably just put aside. You know, I, uh, I don't know if I'd be you know instantly ready to fight the person who accused me of that. But still, <laughs> I still I still wouldn't like them. You know, what I mean, okay, whatever. This person's still a jerk. So I get it.
0: Yes, great answer. Because I had like the same stuff down here. They have beef from the country club. Yeah. Sam, Sam Accuser of stealing. And as far as we know, Sam has not apologized for that. You know, in my like we don't know. It, it kind of got me thinking, do you think Sam would have apologized like that, like through Aisha or something? Or would she have just kind of like let it lie? And, and don't forget, Tori did push Sam into, into the dessert table. He did. So do you think, do you think uh, Sam ever apologized for accusing Tori of being a thief at the country club? I don't think she did. So knowing Sam's character, I agree with you. I don't think that right now, especially with the dessert table, I, I, I don't think yeah. that Sam is mature enough right now to do something like that. Maybe in the future, but yeah, she's a teenager. So I, I, I do agree with you. Tori has a right to be acting this way. <laughs> so their rivalry is so interesting. I love getting into it. So yes. Do you have anything else to say about that scene, Cole, before we move on? Uh, nope. So the next scene, you guys, we are still at that bar with Johnny and, and Melissa, I found out. So her and Johnny, they were laughing at Johnny, telling the story of date number two. So they're getting along pretty well. He was making fun of how she was tapping on her smartwatch like she was Night Rider. <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting there tapping on her watch like she's a freaking night Rider. Kid, where the hell are you? <laughs> People now. I ditched the apps completely. Yeah, well, it's nerd technology. messes with your head. It used to be simple. Like this. Yeah. Like this. Hey, they're the same age. They're the same age. So this woman might be a great match for Johnny.
1: Seems like they're a perfect match at this point, almost. Yeah, they don't need that nerd technology.
0: No, no, no. They see, yeah, they seem to be on the same level. Yeah, but at that moment, she she went to the restroom real quick. But then Johnny overheard some guys talking from the other table. And you remember? Do you remember who was talking at that table? Call two guys. It was Graham. It was <laughs> Graham. Yes, UK Graham. It was Graham and what was he talking to his friend about?
1: He was talking about Carmen,
0: mm, adult drama,
1: and how he just wants to get you know he wants to just get get in bed with her and then leave her pretty much.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, he was even making fun of how Rosa lived with them, and he was even saying he didn't want to be a dad to her kid and anything. Yeah, he's being a real jerk. He's being a real jerk. And he even tried to talk to another woman that was walking by. Grand's of Punk? It... I was just about to say it, dude. You to... <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> took it from me, dude. He took it from me. Oh, oh yes. Damn. Grants of punk? I Punk? Was... Yes, I was waiting all night to say that, dude. But you got oh, me man. <laughs> <And> I, was... <laughs> I didn't know you
2: were going to.
0: No, Grand's of Punk? Definitely. I was leading up to it. But, yeah, Grand's of Punk. Bet, I bet. No, that means we're on the same level. Don't worry, man. That was perfect, <laughs> binary brothers. So yeah, it was a quick scene there. But do you have anything else to say about that scene, Cole? That quick scene there.
1: Uh, I think uh, I think he should uh, keep uh, talking to this woman, man. She seems pretty cool, like right, but maybe like a perfect match for him, pretty much. There, he's a see where that goes. But you know, there's old Graham. Now he's up to no good. Johnny's not gonna let him get by with that.
0: He's up to no good, and Johnny's not going to let it go to, to, to do the right thing. But he's, he also has feelings for Carmen, too. Yeah, he so does. Yeah, Definitely. He's, he's, not really about this.
1: Well. he's not even really thinking about this, this Melissa. No. I think his mind's still on Carmen and maybe a little bit on Ellie, too. You know?
0: Oh, yeah. And the Alley bombs back in the mix.
1: Yeah.
2: Nicely said.
0: So, but you guys, get ready. We are back at the next scene. And we are at 80s night at the roller rink. And you know it's going down. Sam and Robbie, they were skating around the rink, and I love the camera shot of you know them being on the rink and everything. That was cool. A lot of people skating in different 80s costumes and all that, a lot of neon lights everywhere. Robbie was noticing that Sam was upset from that confrontation earlier that conversation and she said yeah it's kind of weird running into your ex plus that Tory girl is the worst she said but robbie responded to that with some miyagi like wisdom that he heard from daniel plus that
2: girl tori is the
0: worst well remember what your dad says there's good in everyone
2: she just has to be shown the right way
0: that's kind of like um, uh, Robbie. No bad teachers, only you know, no bad students type thing. Yeah, and Robbie, what a great way to be above all the dating and rivalry drama, man! So good on you, Robbie. Team Robbie. Team <laughs> Miguel. Team Robbie. Oh no! Oh no! We're gonna have to fight. <laughs> team,
2: team, team Johnny.
0: Team
2: Johnny. <laughs> me young you know. Come on, guys. Chrisy, Grease
0: oh man sorry for your ears you guys we're having fun tonight but yeah hey cole it looks like you're being drawn onto the team with cobra kai man and i'm getting drawn oh no we're, we're getting sucked into this rivalry situation as well i feel we're like getting pulled to the dark side. Oh, which wow. side
1: which side's the dark side i don't know which side's the light side i don't know <laughs> it's all mixed up
0: the yin and the yang so yeah robbie was kind of above the rivalry there and the drama but he then, but then he added, if you want to kick her ass, I won't stop you. <laughs> so there's that. That was funny.
2: But if you want to kick her ass, I won't stop
0: you. <laughs> oh, no way. Oh, that's too perfect.
1: I might have said something to the DJ. That is such a ducky move. You're a ducky in skater clothing.
0: <laughs> but just then, you guys, the song, If You Leave, by the band Orchestral Moves in the Dark came on. And this song is straight out of Pretty and Pink.
1: Oh yeah. One hundred percent.
0: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And Sam was saying, No way, it's too perfect. Robbie was like, I may have said something to the DJ. So nice one, Robbie, man. Robbie. This is a good date. He's being above the rivalry kind of. Setting up the music. She smiled and said, You're such a ducky in spater clothing. And they kissed right there. That was so funny. But Sam's skate broke right then, and this will set up a little another, another confrontation, you guys. She said uh, she'll come back and find Robbie after she, after she gets it fixed. So then we cut to the line when she went into there to get her, state, her skate fixed, and while she was in there, Miguel he also got in line behind her. And why is he talking to Sam right now? Doesn't he have Tori?
1: But I think he. Wants to uh, kind of clear the air and just make things uh, right, and you know at least be uh, civil.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, Cole. I think that's his motivations here. So and I'm also thinking like this is like the first time they've talked one on one since the All Valley, potentially like when they broke up. Remember because Sam blocked him.
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: Maybe he's still blocked. Teen drama, <laughs> you guys. Love it. I think this is the first time they've spoken since the All Valley one-on-one. So Sam rolled her eyes, and she was like, what do you want? And Miguel said, my skates are too big. Then he started talking about, he said, look, about Tori. But Sam cut him off. She said, I can't believe you could be with somebody like that. That's interesting because Miguel said you don't even know her, and that's true. Yeah, it is. That is true. They, they set up this rivalry perfectly. Sam said I know enough. Dang. At the, at that moment, Tori was she was like delivering some food to a table because she's a worker there of course. And she noticed Sam Miguel standing in line, they were talking to each other. So she started skating over. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Tori bomb. Conversation continued, though. Miguel was saying, I should be the one who's pissed off. Here I am thinking I'm a paranoid asshole, but here you are on a date with Robbie. And, and why did he say that line, Cole? I was a little confused by that. Why, why does he think that he's a paranoid asshole, but, you know, like, why do you say that, that line, do you think? Do you have any idea?
2: No. <laughs> no. Paranoid. I don't. I don't know. Why, I don't know why he'd be paranoid.
0: So, I'm. I'm. I'm just now trying to put it together, and I'm thinking that he believes that she knows now that he gave back the medal and said he was sorry. Oh, right. That, that okay. Never got yeah. delivered. Right. So
1: he's he's worried about the fallout from that. Gotcha.
0: Mm-hmm. He's like. You know, I did all this stuff. I said, I'm sorry. I brought back the medal, and you're still blocking me. You know, like what is the, you know. Yeah, yeah because but- to
1: his knowledge, he got delivered. And-
0: he got delivered. Yeah. I was just now putting that together. So Sam responded to that by saying it's not a date because he said you're on a date with Robbie. And she said no. it's not a date.
2: You
0: are having me think I'm a paranoid asshole, and yet you're on a date with Robbie. It's not a date, not a date. Yeah, I've heard that one before. Yeah, I'm like, Oh, really? She, yeah, before, and she like realized that's kind of her and Miguel's line. Remember, she said that's what she said before she kissed them.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I thought at yeah, first, I you know, I, I was thinking, Man, she's just dogging on
0: Robbie. It was true. That is another thing that Sam said. Like it's not a date, but it is. They're dating. I mean so, Robbie.
1: Yeah, I mean it's totally a date to Robbie.
0: <laughs> totally a date. So she I feel like she still has feelings for Miguel, man. If she's saying it's not a date. That's a yeah, big maybe thing.
1: Maybe a little bit. Maybe a
0: little bit. She she seems mad at him, but I feel like yeah, she still has feelings for him or something because she said it's not a date, but it, it totally is.
1: But you you may be right. It may just be her thing. Like, no, I, I don't I don't go on a date. It's not a date.
0: Yeah. She did She
1: did say the same thing to Miguel, and he did mention that. Oh, I I, uh, I think I've heard that before.
0: Oh, yeah, because that's kind of yeah. their line. She said it right before she kissed him. Yep. Oh man, and he said, yeah, not a date. I've heard of that one before. Yeah. And ooh, he got her to there. He got her to there. This is important stuff, you guys. <sighs> Miguel shook his head then, y'all. But he did show some maturity by getting over what she said. He, said. he said, look, I just came here to clear the air. Look, I just came to clear the air so that things wouldn't be weird. I guess that's a lost goes. And Sam looked away. And Miguel skated off. And man, that is some tough stuff right there. That was some red minuses, you guys. Red minuses both ways. I think Sam could have played things better in this conversation. But I like both Sam and Miguel. And I do not like to see them fighting like that. And I will say that Miguel did try there. So, yeah, good on you, Miguel. And what did you think about that interaction, Cole, man?
1: I think it is still big of uh, Miguel to do that. He just wants to, uh, you know, maybe he still has a little bit of feelings for, for Sam as well, but mainly he just wants things to be uh, civil between them. He just wants to clear, clear things up. And it's, I feel like it's, uh, it's pretty big on his part. So, I mean, if he wanted to, he could just totally ignore her, act right? like she doesn't exist, or whatever, you know. So I think he just kind of wants everyone to to try to try to be peaceful, if possible.
0: Yes, it was good on Miguel. He's been showing a lot of maturity lately, you know, delivering the medal, saying he was sorry, trying to clear the air here, and introducing Tori, you know, in a nice way. So
1: he's trying to be honorable. He's yep. trying to take a page out of Johnny's book.
0: There's the, honor, there, there's the honor, you guys. So at the next scene, you guys, we are back at the Upscale Rock Bar with Johnny and Melissa. And they we were talking, and she was saying like she liked Harley Motorcycles and asked what Johnny drove, so it's a really, really good match. But Johnny noticed Graham was, now he's making out with some woman from earlier. Is this, and this is like the same night he's supposed to be taking Carmen out. So, yeah, Graham's a punk.
2: Hey, Graham's a punk?
0: Graham's a punk. Graham got up to use the restroom. It was out of order. So, he headed outside. Johnny told Melissa, he said, sorry, I have to go. So he, and he paid for his drinks, and he got up to follow Graham. And Melissa was like, wait, don't you want my number? So she yeah, he didn't even get her it.
1: number. He, did, he wasn't <laughs> even thinking about her.
0: No. Point. Yes, and that's, they, they did it on purpose. But out in the alleyway, do you remember what happened out there, Cole?
1: Oh yeah. He confronts Graham.
0: He did. He said, I heard that stuff about Carmen. He said, if you're gonna do that, just break up with her. Graham remembered who Johnny was, and he was like, defense, yeah. (laughs) So there's my (laughs) accent, you guys. There's my accent. Defense, yeah. Defense, yeah. And then he said, I have some advice for you. Bugger off. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, really ba- I'm really bad at accents, you guys. And then he put his hands on Johnny. But Johnny caught his arm and he did the headbutt just like he was teaching the kids how to do earlier. Come full circle. And then he swept Graham's legs and he fell to the ground. He's about to pummel him with the lid of a trash can. But if you remember, Graham was, ca- he was cowering on the ground saying, please no. And that made Johnny stop. And said, you're lucky I'm showing mercy. Grandma's like, this is mercy. So, <laughs> so, so Johnny is practicing what he's preaching here yes. by, by showing mercy. And that's some good character development, right, Cole?
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't want to kill somebody over, you know, some words that were said or put them in a the hospital over it.
0: I feel like the old Cobra Kai Johnny would have finished him there because that's what Priest would have told them to do. Just go ahead and finish them there. But
1: he's already got the upper hand.
0: Mm-hmm. And he showed he showed mercy, showed some honor there. The fight was over. So Johnny grabbed him. And he said, "Never go near Carmen again." Graham responded with, "Okay, I'll go to uh... And Johnny was like, "What? <laughs> he had no idea what I've <laughs> never heard that term before." Yeah. Man. So he said, "I'll never see her." He said, "I'll, I'll never see you again, mate." There's nothing. go right, mate. Johnny, let him go. I said, "Damn right you will, mate." As he walked off. <laughs> so yeah, nice one, Johnny. So he left a girl who might have been a good match for him, to go defend Carmen, and go after her. So he really does have some feelings for her. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah.
1: Not even thinking about this perfect match that he had.
0: No, didn't even grab a number. Didn't grab nothing. So yeah, do you have anything else to say about that scene, Cole? The Graham beatdown scene.
1: Uh, I think it was uh, also big of Johnny to see him practicing uh, what he is telling the kids. He did show mercy there. He he'd already won the fight. This guy Graham can't even fight. So he you know, he probably <laughs> went went step too far already just by doing what he did. Uh and well Graham was confrontational though. I mean he I think Graham did kind of put a hands on Johnny first, so Johnny just reacted naturally. But yeah, you, you can tell he's definitely got some feelings for um Carmen though, because this girl who was pretty much everything Johnny would want in a woman, uh he he totally just ditched her <laughs> to uh to to uh take up for Carmen. So he's definitely got some feelings for Carmen.
0: Oh, yeah. It was really big on Johnny. And I agree with everything you said there, Cole. Perfectly said. So you guys, we're almost finished here. And we are back at the roller rink. And it is about to go down, y'all. Sam was on a bench. She was tying up her new skates. Robbie found her. And, they, and he skated up to her, saying he's gotten two compliments on his costume so far, but everyone thinks he's some guy named Dan Johnson.
1: <laughs> Dan it, Johnson.
0: Do you know who that is, Cole? Well, the
1: actual name is Don uh, Johnson.
0: Oh, is it Don? Whoops.
1: Yeah. And, well, oh, no, they said, he said no. He no. Robbie says Dan Johnson.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: but the, the the guy's real name is Don Johnson, and he's the person who played Sonny Crockett in in uh Miami Vice.
0: You nailed it once again. And yeah, to be fair, he does look like that. I saw the pictures. <laughs> but guys, as they started to skate off, Tori came from up behind them and elbowed Sam to the ground hard. But Everyone thinks I'm some guy
2: named Dan Johnson. You ever heard of him? I uh, know. I'm sure whoever he is, he's cute. <laughs>
0: oh, are you okay? Oops. Sorry, Princess. Filled Robbie's drink and everything. And I. The teen drama is heating up, man. Why did she do that, Cole?
1: She did that because um, she's upset about seeing her in line with Miguel earlier and talking in that. Uh, she's not going to have that happen. No, you're not going to talk to Mike. That's my guy now. You're done. So that's the that's way Tori uh, decided to get back at Sam for that. But Sam's not going to let her just do that.
0: No way. No way. I was going to break this down just a little bit more, you guys. I was going to say that Tori saw that Sam was talking to Miguel in line, like you said. But Miguel was behind Sam in line, so he came after her. And her back was to him, meaning she got in line before him, you know. And she doesn't really want to talk to him because her back was turned. So I was thinking, like, shouldn't she be mad at Miguel? Probably. I think so too, but you know, there's already so much to their rivalry already. There's already some some stuff going on even tonight. And Tori is a teenager. Just like them. So there you go. She she attacked Sam. So as Robbie was like, are you okay? Tori looked down at Sam. She said, oops, sorry, princess, and gave a fake smile and started skating away. Dang. Oh, my gosh, dude. What did, do you remember what Sam did?
1: Yeah, she immediately like uh, retaliated there, went after her, and uh, tackled her down.
0: Yeah, she did like a sweep, like a behind-her-leg sweeping motion with her skates, and, and she tripped Tori from behind, kind of sweeping her leg. Oops.
2: Sorry, Princess. Sam.
0: What the hell, Sam? And Tori was like on skates and she was holding a tray of drinks and stuff. Dropped all of it. Everything went flying. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, y'all. This is crazy. This is a super bad move from Sam, I have to say. She really she really could have hurt Tori there. And uh, it was a split-second thing, you know. Also, I mean,
1: this is, this is Tori's place of work. Tori's in the wrong two already, though, man.
0: Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's juicy.
1: Tori's shouldn't be acting up at work. She should know better. So I guess it's kind of a little bit on Tori. But, yeah, it's a bad bad way for Sam to react.
0: That's what's so great about this rivalry, I feel like. It, it is kind of both ways. Where does, where's the origin? Yes. Uh, Tori was on skate. She could have like fell back and hurt her head, right? And Sam started like just skating away. Oh my gosh. But Miguel saw what happened and he was like, what the hell, Sam? Sam was like, she started it. <laughs> and there was a security guard there too. And yeah, that's Tori's place of work. I didn't really think about that. It's, Tori was holding her head like as Miguel helped her up. So she's like, She did hurt her head.
1: And uh, I think the bouncer really only saw Sam attack Tori.
0: Oh my gosh, that's right. And because Tori worked there, the security guard told Sam and Robbie he's kicking them out. Oh my gosh. Robbie tried to defend Sam, but the security guard tossed them out. And their date night is ruined. And the rivalry has been kicked up another notch. But as Sam was leaving, she caught Tori looking at her, and Tori flashed like a smile, like, I know I just got you in trouble. Uh,
1: uh, Tori is being a bit of a you know
0: she's, Tori's fun? she's got she's got <laughs> the snake
1: in her she's she's a cobra man.
0: Uh-huh. Well she's been listening to crease.
1: Got a little bit that grease on her.
0: So I was gonna ask you, do you think she was faking being hurt? I think she was. I think she was too because of the smile.
1: Yeah, she knows what she's doing.
0: Teen drama, y'all. Teen drama. Okay, and here's a question: Do you think Sam was justified in sweeping Tori's legs from behind her after Tori knocked her over and fake apologized?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, <laughs> if you you don't you don't attack someone unless you uh, expect to have some sort of a uh, retaliation there so i think sam was in the right for doing that she just may have gone about it the wrong way they maybe she should have taken it outside or something you know and not done it in there that would be the honorable thing to do like hey you know if you want to if you want to do this let's go ahead and clock out and let's go outside for a minute we'll handle it and then we'll come back in
0: that would be the honorable way to do it not a ton of honor in teen drama though i gotta say no. But yeah, I agree with you. So you know, Sometimes when you get attacked and pushed over or something like in sports and what, whatnot, you can just like see red. And I think that's kind of what Sam did there. Oh, but definitely.
1: It's a gut, gut reaction.
0: It's a gut reaction, yeah. So uh, so, so Sam and Robbie, they left. And wow, man, yeah. Did you have anything else to say about that crazy scene, Cole?
1: I think Tori... Uh Maybe we may have gone a little too far there. Yeah, you know, she saw Miguel and and uh, Sam talking, but is there really a reason to go over there and just trip her, you know, or just knock her over? <laughs> it's not, I mean, that's not right. So, I mean, Tori should have expected something to happen there. She knows Sam knows how to fight. So, I think Tori's just trying to stir the pot. And we can <laughs> tell that she is. We can tell that she is. Because of that smile on her face at the end there.
0: Oh, 100%. and Yeah. Yeah, that's what's all about. It seems like, does, like does that sound like some teen drama type stuff? Uh, it does. Like <laughs> Tori's
1: still holding the grudge, and she's not going to let it go.
0: Oh, man. I, I loved all that. The, uh, the fake smile there, and then even Sam like saying nothing after insulting him. You know, like Cobra Kai. So it's, it all seems like very, very teen drama-y type stuff. Totally believable. And it definitely escalated there. Rivalry, big time. We switch gears here again, you guys. In the second to last scene, we are at LaRusso Auto. And it's, it's late night. And Daniel's walking into Amanda's office wearing a super nice tuxedo. Amanda looked up. She smiled. And she said, what's this? And She probably already knows. And Daniel has a little surprise for her, doesn't he? Yes,
1: he does.
0: What does he have up his sleeve here, Cole?
1: Well, he uh wants to recreate a night they had back when they had first opened the dealership. It was their uh grand opening. And uh during that party they had for it, uh this was back when Amanda was still pregnant with uh Sam. They uh I think it was Sam anyway. They yes. uh yeah it was. And they, they um they kinda ditched the party for a moment and got into the back of a car. And Daniel had some, uh, sparkling grape juice <laughs> there. And oh, he, yeah. uh, shared a bottle with, uh, Amanda as they, uh, were kind of, uh, basking in their success, at the dealership and looking forward to the, the path they were going to go down together. And he decides to go ahead and try to recreate this, uh, with an actual bottle of wine. Yeah. This time. And, uh, he, uh, Gets her to get in the back of a car in the showroom there, and uh, he's got the same music playing as he did back then, and everything. He's trying to woo her over again, but um, you know, man is still not ha- having it quite yet. Kind of calls Daniel out about um, not really being there for the business, and Daniel tries to explain that uh, even though um, he was MIA from. The dealership it's mainly because uh, doing uh the karate it made him feel good and it made him uh miss Mr Miyagi and it mm. made him made him feel like Mr. Miyagi was part of his life again yeah yeah, as he's doing it and um he wants to show daniel though i mean daniel wants to show amanda though that uh you know despite of him uh taking more time to uh do karate, he wants to prove to her that uh, she's really the only thing that really matters in his life above all, and uh, he wants to still be there for her, in a, and he's, he's happy that of, of what they've accomplished together already, and wants to keep going down that road. And Amanda uh, accepts the apology.
0: Oh, man. Yes, it was perfect yes it really got me whenever you're the meaning in my
1: life life. you're You're the the inspiration
0: callback to the old movies also it was a callback that's the that's the glory of love connection because it's the same guy who sang that song and it's the glory of amanda and daniel's love and he played the same song you described it perfectly and yes it really got me whenever he said that opening up the dojo made him feel like mr miyagi was back in his life again and i also liked how she said you know i don't i don't want you to have to give that up yeah so i I really like that and i felt that way watching the show that mr miyagi was kind of back in my life too man like did you feel that way too yeah he was Yeah, me too. So good. Good on Amanda, too. She's being very understanding, and Daniel is going to need her support if he's going to succeed in being a good sensei.
1: He's got to bring the balance back, though. He's got to find out how he can maintain work in the dojo at the same time.
0: Balance is another big part of this show, you guys, and we talked about it. And we'll talk about it some more. And... I really liked his line where he said, if, if Mr. Miyagi was here, he would tell me to forget about karate and to focus on what's important. And then she looked at him and said, oh, yeah, what's that? And as the chorus of the song hit, yep, she accepted his apology, and Daniel went in for a kiss, and they started making out, Woo You're the meaning in my life.
2: That's
0: <laughs> perfect again. So, so things are getting back to being good with their marriage. So good for Daniel good for amanda i really like that scene and yeah do you have anything else to say about that scene cole like how did it make you feel you like that
1: that's 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 a classic daniel move i think you know uh he knows how you know he he holds on to memories and he knows exactly when to uh, recreate that to to make someone happy you know and put a smile on somebody's face he's good at
0: that it was a great move from Daniel, very classy, and I think he got that inspiration for that from his mom in the scrapbook scene. Yeah. When she was talking about her his father in the line. Yeah, it's all about the little things.
1: I did notice also in the scrapbook, I don't know if you caught it, but uh, him and Amanda o- opened the, the dealership in 2002.
0: I didn't catch that. Yeah,
1: on one of the photos, it showed uh, the grand op- a photo of the grand opening, and the year was 2002.
0: Ah, oh, that's so cool. That means that Mr. Miyagi would have seen him open the dojo, uh, open up the dealership and everything. Very, very cool. Good catch there, Cole. And yeah, that was such an emotional and great scene. Because cause that's been going on for a while now. And, and Daniel is starting to find balance there. He, she just wanted to know that he was in it with her. You know, just like... James' yep. father, man, and his mom. He
1: took his mom's advice, yeah.
0: Yes, great stuff there. and But that brings us to the last scene, you guys.
1: Too bad he didn't have a, uh, uh, I'm sorry, too bad he no. didn't have a carton of Minute Maid in there.
0: <laughs> <with> the, <laughs> instead of a bottle yeah, of yeah, wine. Yeah, 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 I'm on Minute Maid. So, y'all, that will bring us to the last scene, you guys. And we are at the Reseda Heights Apartments. And Johnny was coming home from the bar earlier when he when he left that when he left Melissa, and as he walked through the door, though Carmen called out to him. She's sitting in a chair outside of her apartment, but she was looking like she was dressed to go out on the town. Do you remember this scene, Cole? He said, "Hey, how you doing?" And she answered, oh, yeah, "I was supposed to go out tonight with Graham, but it looks like he stood her up." So Graham's a punk. Graham's a punk. Come yeah. on definitely 100% so yeah Johnny knows it too he said forget about him he said you don't deserve a loser like that he said anybody would be lucky to go on a date with you great line there she laughed and said are you asking me out oh and as the music hit and as the episode ended Johnny answered What if I am? And whoa, that's been building for a while too, Cole. Team Johnny. (laughs) Team Johnny. And it was cut to black. End of episode, y'all. And wow, what did you think about that Johnny asking Carmen out scene?
1: Glad uh, it worked out. Even though Johnny may have had a hand in that. (laughs)
0: yeah he had a few hands in it and (laughs) legs and legs (laughs) and almost a trash can lid and almost a trash can lid but yeah do you think carmen and johnny gonna make a good couple it's pretty cool he's he's had some feelings for for a while
1: i think so i mean they've already yeah they've they've got they've got some chemistry there some history uh so uh it's only inevitable inevitable that they would get together sooner or later and it looks like they're finally going to go on a date, which is good.
0: It is good. It's interesting though because her son Miguel is his star student. So interesting stuff there. They got to think about that. But wow, man, what do you think about that episode as a whole?
1: Uh, like I said, it was a, it was a, a, a mushy episode, but in a good way, <laughs> man. Uh, it's all about the uh, the the relationships there focused on all the relationships that are going on the show
0: the glory of love and we
1: got some of that, we got some of that good juicy teen drama and some of the adult drama as well adult drama i think overall it was a uh, it was a good episode
0: yeah i really enjoyed it as well it was the glory of love one mushy like you said kind of but yeah there's drama in every direction we got adult drama we have teen drama and this one really built up this, the rivalry between Sam and Tori. Like it's really heating up. I think it's like oh, yeah. the biggest rivalry in the show right now. That's the biggest rivalry in the show. I feel like because it Definitely. seemed like it seemed like um, Robbie and Miguel are pretty cordial to each other, but Sam and Tori are man. They almost fought right there.
1: Yeah, at this moment, that is the biggest rivalry in the show right now. It is.
0: It is, and I, I really liked all the Johnny dating stuff, the montage and going Shit. on dates and him versus technology. And, yeah, I'm really glad that Daniel and Amanda are there. Back on track.
1: You know, I take it back from earlier, dude. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Glory, of, Glory of Love by Peter Satera is, uh, in my opinion, a better song than Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the news. The meaning
2: in my life. Yeah, they're
0: both, they're, both, they're both great songs. If they're both great songs. Hey, back to back. So, yeah, it's interesting that Johnny and Carmen might start dating because of the whole Miguel thing. But it was, a, it was another great episode, man. And it really got me excited to see what's going to happen next. And there was, a, there was a lot to talk about there. So I, so I do appreciate you helping me break it down, Cole, because we we, we had to find out exactly what happened in, this, in these rivalries, and so, yes, it was really fun, and it got me excited, so I was going to say, did you have anything else to say about that episode, Cole?
1: I don't think so, man. I think we uh, covered uh, covered pretty well, and I do like the fact that Johnny is trying to teach these kids honor. Whatever that may be, it's, you know, it's harder to find. We figured that out. I figured out that it's harder to find what honor is. But we all have a general sense of what it is. Uh, just maintaining that moral compass and uh, maintaining the balance. It's really what it's all about. It's really what it's all about.
0: Balance and honor, huge parts of this show. Well said there, Cole. And yes, there was a lot to talk about there. So I just wanted to say that I really appreciate your time man thank you so much for helping me do that i really enjoy doing this show with you and i love you so much Same here man right back at you and yeah we guys email in y'all never dies podcast at gmail.com are you team johnny are you team daniel are you cobra kai
1: miyagi do are you cobra kai yeah are you a nerd or are you badass? No, you <laughs> hey, choose. you watch
0: it. You, you choose. Wa- you watch it there, man. You watch <laughs> it there. But yes, yeah, so it's very interesting. And we're going to talk about Honor more as well because there's a lot to talk about. But I really wanted to go out my way and give another special thank you to all the listeners, you guys. We see you out there. We really appreciate y'all listening to us geek out. And break it down because we really like that teen drama and karate. Oh, yeah. So, yes, thank you to the listeners. Thank you, listeners. And, yes, so, fellow Cobras, fellow Miyagi Dos, thank you for your time. And we will see you on the next one because we are going all the way. And why are we going all the way, Cole? Because Cobra Kai never Never dies dies and you know that it's true. We'll see you later everyone. Team Daniel Peace Team Team Daniel
1: Johnny Johnny
0: This is dumb. You can't find anything out about a chick from one... Ooh,
2: this one's hot.